0: My son's over here. He's ready hey, to yeah, go, guest, go play with Miles, guest on hi. the podcast. <laughs> say hi, Miles, Miles. Tell him what's your favorite kind of money. Um,
1: Bitcoin Cash. <laughs> Let's
2: go. Uh, there you go.
0: <laughs> Hello
2: and welcome back to the Bitcoin Cash podcast. Following Bitcoin Cash. On its rise to global reserve currency, this is episode number 35, State of the Revolution 2021, featuring Ryan Given and Vlad Ivanov. Today is Sunday, the 19th of December, 2021. This is going to be the final Christmas, you know, 2021 uh, episode, so enjoy it. And uh, yeah, this this would be the last one for the year, so um I don't don't know I'll do a proper sign off at the end of the episode I guess but I'm your host Jeremy same as always Jet is uh producing and uh yeah I gotta welcome my two guests to the show so first off returning guest Ryan Giffen who is a BCH content creator or just a general finance uh, content creator he was on the show in episode 15 so definitely uh glad to have him back and he has recently acquired uh, a bit of an equestrian interest i believe (laughs) so big big moves happening there welcome back to the show ryan how's things
0: awesome thanks for having me back i think things are going well i think this is my first year of like pretty much mainly producing bitcoin cash uh, content in the bear market the only two cryptocurrencies i was buying was ethereum and bitcoin cash and then um yeah, and then at, when the bull market started, and actually during the eCash fork, I was kind of on the fence on which way that whole thing was going to go, uh, you know, which side was going to get the developer fund, and and who got to hold the, uh, the the BCH symbol. And then after all that kind of fell into place, you know, I, I became a, a BCH content creator after that, and I've been doing it for over a year since uh, I was back uh, with Jeremy here, episode fifteen. You said yeah, yeah, six or seven months ago. So. Um hosted a, a, my first annual Bitcoin Cash uh, tournament, had Bitcoin Jesus, uh, Roger Vera there, had Mark on there, had a lot of cool people in the crypto space, had some crypto miners, uh, going to keep that event going and looking forward to what 22, 2022 brings for Bitcoin Cash and excited to be a part of it
2: yeah absolutely mega and Vlad kind of kind of similar story maybe a new gun on the scene I don't know you've got you've had a YouTube uh, channel for a while like longer than me definitely for sure but it would have been uh, definitely after you know after that episode that I did with Ryan at a certain point you started making uh, BCH sort of related videos and talking about it a bit more and started following your content uh, there and, and so on, right? So yeah, give yourself a bit of an introduction to people, you know, listening to the podcast.
3: Well, so uh, my name is Vlad. First of all, I run a Bitcoin Cash YouTube channel. Um, aside from that, I run a moving company. I've been doing that for quite some time, but I've always looked into like new things to like invest my money in because I, I don't personally believe in keeping money in the banks and taking their low percentages and having them convince you that, you know, that's a good return on your investment. So I really got into crypto. And then uh, I start I started originally looking into like Bitcoin, just like the main three off Robinhood. And then Bitcoin Cash kind of caught my eye like really strongly when I saw like the 2017 price. And me and Ryan have talked back and forth of like what really happened at that time. Like, could you have really gotten away with the 4K? Could you have really sold that? But uh, that price originally kind of got me because I was just a, I was a numbers guy originally. And then I started like really deep diving into Bitcoin Cash. And then I'm like, wait, this, this makes a lot more sense than Bitcoin. I really like this a lot more. And then I started to really get into it. I started creating content. Now, my YouTube channel says it's been around since 2012. But I really started making Bitcoin Cash content at the same time, uh, Jeremy, that you probably started the podcast in, in January. Um, and that's when I really started to like kind of just push it to the crowd because I want people to know like how good of a cryptocurrency uh, this is. And I just haven't stopped since. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely been, well, that's something we can talk about
2: in this episode, I think, but a little bit, but it, it's kind of been the story of this year, I think, that you you've started to see sort of that grassroots element return to to BCH because for you know, many years, it's been involved in kind of fork drama and sort of the old crowd, like sort of battling it out for control and kind of the rest of the market moving on with DeFi and everything like that. But in 2021, it's had a, Had a bit of a resurgence so yeah let's just start off with as always we usually talk about the uh, price so that's first up so today 438 us dollars uh per bch and uh one bdc is 107.9 uh bch so two important things to notice here i think the first thing was that uh, i checked and at the start of the year bch was ranked number nine at 444 dollars and rank 24 at $438. So basically the price hasn't uh, really changed in that whole 12 months. You could have been in a coma and you would come back and be like, okay, nothing's changed. But the whole market has kind of uh, surged forward ahead, but I think it's, you know, it's obviously delusional from my point of view to think that nothing has changed in BCH in that, in that whole 12 months, there's been enormous growth uh, in my mind. And so that's really just the classic indicator of why people who are stressed out about the price, like, obviously the price is one indicator, but you d- you definitely can't uh, look at it, you know, as the one and only metric because it's sort of only more relevant on the scale of like, you know, a three or a five year, Kind of, uh kind of time frame because yeah, if you said that BCH was worth less now than uh, at the, uh, less now than one year ago, you know, after it's had a whole year of no drama and massive growth, that would be insane. I think, uh, or I guess what Ryan always says I like is he says price is what you pay and value is what you get. So maybe the price is lower, but the the value is higher. And the yeah. other the the other thing I wanted to touch on as well too, and give you guys a chance to comment on it, is that the hundred k BTC laser ray it didn't it didn't it didn't happen basically i mean we've got okay we've got another week or something maybe i'll, I'll eat my words maybe there'll be a huge <laughs> you know rally right at the end of the year but BDC is still under 50k so it's got a double in price in under two weeks which is of course not impossible but you know if you rewound the clocks back to more the start of the year everybody was like oh we're rocketing up you know 30k 40k 50k 60k it was we're going to 100k everybody was posting their memes on twitter the whole laser ray profile picture, but it didn't really come together you know the as much as as excitable as everybody was about the bull run maybe we'll see it early in 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 january or in february you know the super cycle but i saw so, you know i've been the whole year kind of saying yeah i'm not convinced that it is going to be this gigantic super cycle so far we haven't seen it so yeah, Ryan, you're you're first up. What what do you think on the on the price across the year?
0: I think you brought up some really good points because a, a year ago uh, we were not sending as much value across the network. We did not have smart BCH. Uh, we didn't have as many daily transactions. So yeah, if you just look at the fundamentals and the price, there's not a, there's not a great correlation there. Um, but I, you know, I can't. Where you were uh, bearish for a time and thought the bull market had peaked earlier. And going back and forth with like Colin from Colin Talks Crypto, and everyone's got this thesis on what does this bull cycle mean, right? And uh, I, I think I'm still following the, the Trollo. I, I, I really like the work that Mark De Messel would do. He, he doesn't make as so much content now. I know he's been on the show before, but uh, I really, since 2017, I've been following his work, and, and I, I still don't see why uh, we don't get the blow off top later. But you know, I'm, I'm definitely not running to cash yet. You know, <laughs> I don't see I'm. I don't see why there's any reason to take profits right now. You know, I don't think it, if that's the case, it just wasn't a parabolic an, enough of a market to profit take, which, Jeremy, I don't think you're that kind of a uh, person in the market. I think you don't care to uh, touch fiat no matter what the price. And I, I probably shared in that, but I, the, the pain that I went through in 2017 was one that I was like, I'm going to take profits next time. <laughs> uh, so who, who knows how this ends up, but I definitely think Bitcoin Cash is... Um, uh, seriously undervalued. And uh, for some reason, the market is uh, doing you know, the meme coin pump this year and all the other kinds of DeFi things, which DeFi I think brings good value. And I'm excited to hear what Vlad has to say about smart BCH. I know he's been doing a ton of homework on it and mm-hmm. all these uh, huge yield uh, aggregators and different platforms, which you know I'm interested in. I've, I've played around with some things and I, I've really wanted to see someone else do it before I'm like, okay, I'm going to put my money there. But that's an exciting thing for Bitcoin cash. But that's my, uh, that's my thoughts about the year, the price movement. And uh, I still think we're going to get some blow off tops. I, I, I've been calling for a $3,000 Bitcoin cash all year. Uh, we didn't get that either. We touched $1,600. But um, we'll see. I think everyone's talking about these elongating cycles. Uh, we'll see if that thesis proves true. If not, we'll, uh, we'll keep on as business as usual.
2: So, what kind of time frame for that then? Like that—that's kind of the interesting thing, right? Well, obviously, I'm—I'm I'm not ready to come out and be like oh, everybody who wanted the superstar—you were all wrong. I'm not gonna—I'm <laughs> not gonna go hard on that yet. But like, let's say if it got to the start of March, I'd be starting to say, "All right, guys, what's happening?" And I think definitely if it got into June of next year, then you know, a hundred k Bitcoin or whatever—if—if the—if we got to that time, I feel like it would have. Uh, you know, I mean, it could, it can always. The problem is, as soon as I'm like, ha-ha, see, it, <laughs> it never came to fruition, that'll be the week, <laughs> the week before it happens. So,
0: so, what's getting thrown around right now is uh, Benjamin Cohen. You guys probably know him. He has a huge crypto YouTube channel. He's, a, he's one of these chartist guys. Um, the chart that's been floating around is this uh, cycle that shows day from the bottom of the bear to the top in every cycle. And in every cycle, that correlation is getting longer. And I, I don't have it right in front of me now, but but it, it does indicate it does look like okay if if we do elongate like we did in 2013 and 2017, you know we'll probably see something around February March. So after after March, if you don't see these 100k bitcoins or uh, you know three to five thousand dollars Bitcoin Cash, I, I think I'll say you're right, Jeremy. I, I think at that time I'd say you know what, Jeremy was right. I'm going to follow him in the next cycle, <laughs> but uh, but we'll we'll have to see.
2: All right, good. You've got to just make sure, you know, you've you got to have a prediction and you've got to have a time limit because otherwise, you know, predicting right? to infinity, that, that's no good. Vlad, thoughts on the price? Uh, what, how how you have been feeling about it for this whole year?
3: I mean, I have a little bit of a different of a standpoint. I'm a little bit more bullish, I think. Um, you know, I I think right now it's just like towards the end of the year. I think that it's like Christmas time. People are pulling profits. People aren't buying as much crypto as they were like in the heart of the year. Um, And I think is just uh, I think there's a there's a good argument raised that like people are taking uh, like losses to to, like save on taxes as well. So I think that has a lot to play in. They're selling their crypto and then it's just dropping the market. Retail is down. And I think that there's a lot of manipulation, too, because I feel like a lot of big whales can like use that to tank the price even more. So that's kind of my opinion. I've been bullish this entire year. I've been calling for three to five k Bitcoin cash as well. Um, And I'm still I still stand by that. But like we live in a very volatile market to where like people like all the BTC, maxis are like 100k bitcoin by december 31st or january 1st like you can't predict that in such a volatile market so it could be a couple months off or whatever and like ryan was saying pushing towards like february where i think that i'm not giving up either and i'm staying to my guns right now and i think that you know we could definitely still see 100k bitcoin but i don't it's not necessarily because i believe in in bitcoin and what it stands for i think it has a lot less value to like the day-to-day uh users than bitcoin cash does but i think that just it has so much recognition that that's the coin that people are going to pump but i think bitcoin cash can follow and then i think that would rest it nicely somewhere between the three to five k range and i i mean if it has to be extended a little bit and bleed into next year um i still have belief for this cycle yeah okay all right cool well i'm so i'm still still out in the cold <laughs>
2: with my crazy theories that it's got to take some retail adoption to get everybody, uh, everybody excited, but that, that's, that's definitely fine. I mean, I was wrong. I said, it, it was, you know, I said, okay, we're going to be sort of in a, in a bear market, but we did get back over the old time high, but it was only just a bit. It wasn't like the, the huge uh, run and we have kind of crashed off, but you know, the, you definitely could take it either way that it's going to keep like building up and then go on a massive run or, or maybe that we just don't have the, have the momentum to get there. All right. So in some more actual uh, real, you know uh, usage. I thought it was interesting to look, obviously, every week from last year, uh, for all through up until you know the end of 2020, pretty much. BCH was doing about you know 18 to 20 thousand transactions a day, and, and it had been in that sort of range for for like years since you know uh, 2018, 2019, 2020. It hadn't really got anywhere, but. 2021 uh, starting with the launch of noise.cash and generally also I would say renewed kind of vigor and interest in the scene it is now doing pretty consistently between you know 60 and 80,000 transactions a day even after a lot of the Noise Cash transactions uh, were batched up so that it wasn't just spamming everyone <laughs> one cent one cent one cent uh, all the time so at three and a half, you know, uh, times growth year on year, I feel like it's not too bad because if you had that exact same growth in the next year, then it would be, you know, kind of reaching up. It would be pretty close to the amount of transactions BDC is doing every year. And if so, if we were one way, one year sort of away from that, that would be, uh, you know, pretty pretty incredible. And I think that's definitely sort of uh, achievable who knows probably if i was going to estimate i'd say maybe in a year's time we would be you know we would maybe double from here so uh i don't know that seems to me like the realistic case but i definitely think that the difference between 20k and 70k is massive in terms of the amount of uh dividing like the real user adoption and engagement uh, as opposed to just you know there's probably not three times as many people using it because one person can make you know a bunch of different transactions and definitely noise cash still has a part to play but i i think this is pretty indicative of, of good grassroots uh growth any any thoughts either of you using more bch you know day-to-day than you were a year ago
0: yeah i i definitely have been pushing it for my business you know i i hosted the tournament to Encourage people, my vendors and my uh, my employees, I'm going to start rolling out some payroll, hopefully by the end of quarter one and Bitcoin Cash. But uh, I, I do think that we, um, you know, noise is very interesting that, you know, it's one of the probably the biggest reason for the growth and usage. And it's proven that use case and on how it can be used. And, you know, I, I asked my YouTube channel, I put on my community tab, you know, kind of what questions people maybe want me to bring up during, during it. And there's a lot of people still wondering what's going on with uh, K.im or just in general, I feel like Bitcoin Cash is, you know, we get that one killer app that's integrated in Bitcoin Cash and, you know, can scale on it and, and really grow. That that would be something that would create another year of that type of growth. We saw what we did with noise.cash. And I hope noise continues to, you know, improve. And, you know, I, I hope it gets a spot in like the iPhone store. Like there's a lot of things that can still build on itself to to increase and, and enhance the user experience. And uh, yeah, everyone's, so I don't know if you guys know anything too, any other insight, but I haven't seen any updates on uh, kim.com's website for K.im, but that's something that I feel like everyone's been kind of waiting for. Uh, Jeremy, have you followed that closely? or?
2: A l- well, a little bit. Uh, I'm going to give Vlad a second to Janice, jump in on the transition, but just quickly on the K.im point, I think we're kind of that's going to be the January reveal, basically, <laughs> is that he said that I think it was January 22 that he said, because he initially said quarter four of uh, 2021, right? And if you go back, to, rewind back to those old episodes, that was, we said, okay, Kim, you got to deliver. And here we <laughs> are, hasn't delivered, right? I don't want to be hating on him too much. Maybe he's going to come out with like a, a killer... You know, thing in January, but he has said that it will be in in January because it was going to be the ten year anniversary of the the raid on his on his house. So I guess that has maybe special meaning to him, and maybe he's also just kind of buying a little bit more time. Maybe his engineers are telling him, like, it's almost there, it's almost there. I mean, that's often how it goes, right? Everything takes longer than expected. So I'm I'm withholding judgment a little bit, but just the same as we were just talking about the price, if it gets into Feb and there's no K dot I M, it's going to be. All right, Kim, you kind of uh kind of not living up to the hype there. But yeah, Vlad, thoughts on the on the transactions and uh
3: K.im. Mm, well, I, I actually need to do a little bit of research on K.im. I'm not too savvy on that, but uh I, going back to noise.cash, I absolutely love it. I think I was introduced to it. Actually, Ryan, you showed me it when we ju- when you jumped on my channel around like late August, early Septemberish. Uh and since then I've been using it and pretty much any I'll tweet something, like I'll pretty much, you know, I'll put something else out on uh on noise.cash as well. It's It gives you a little bit, but that's not really what the point is. I think the main point is to increase the transactions on the Bitcoin Cash blockchain. You know, I try to be on there as much as I can. And I think that's something that would resonate, especially with like the millennials and the younger crowd now because they like social media and to be able to get paid for it uh, too. it probably would give more incentive for them to jump on the network or the platform rather. Aside from that, I did try to start like a Twitter game. It was called Bitcoin Cash Out. It was pretty much like you have a QR, I put a QR code, you scan it, and then I just raffle it off. Like I'll, I'll put it out on Monday and then I'll raffle it off on Friday. Uh, the first week was really successful. It had like, well, by really successful, it has like five bucks, but that's coming from a little small tips. So that all accumulated. Uh, but the next week it died down to like a dollar. And then after that, it kind of just gave out. So I don't have enough time or, uh, or, or like, let's just say time i don't have enough time to like really pursue it right now but it's something that i want to keep pushing because i think that you know kind of like a lottery style like a little fun game could increase uh transactions on the chain even if it's five cents ten cents whatever it adds up and then you raffle it off at the end of the week you're increasing uh, the amount of uh, of um of transactions significantly but it's just it's gonna need a lot more marketing it's gonna need a lot more work but uh the last thing is like i, I did list one of my businesses i own three under my llc there's Pretty much all do the same thing and moving a junk removal business and then another moving business all under one. One of them is listed on the Bitcoin Maps.com so people can see it and see that I accept Bitcoin cash. So that's one thing. But I haven't had any business from that yet. I think it's going to be a long time before I do. Uh, but um, who knows? Who knows where it'll go? Maybe, you know, kind of push for that uh, in the future. Well, that'd be pretty cool indicator because that's an interesting thing to like have
2: those kind of like lines out in the ocean, you know, and then when you feel the first tug, you're like, wow, that, that's, you know, pretty significant. Or if, you know, in you have nothing, 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 and then one week, you know, suddenly it's like two people contact you and say, hey, hey do you accept BCH or, you know, it tends to be kind of like that. I think those sort of things, it's this like for me, it's often with uh running into people who who like crypto you know you maybe you just for years it was like you met no one and then suddenly it was like in one week it was just suddenly like oh somebody else at, at the bus stop was talking about crypto or i saw an ad you know and then suddenly it all started to to come into view
3: yeah and i know ryan has uh he, he has his own business too and i see he he's actually put like the we accept bitcoin cash stickers on his trucks like on the side <laughs> of the doors and stuff so that's <laughs> that's really cool it gets that gets the crowd thinking like well what's what's that what's what's Bitcoin Cash? <laughs>
0: Well, if I could, you know, give some advice, you know, uh, I I ask people if they'll take it for payment. So, like, I have one contractor that installs like equipment for me, and uh, I, I talked him into taking Bitcoin cash for payment. And I remember I gave him, you know, it was like maybe a six hundred dollar invoice, and I think Bitcoin cash was a, a, like six hundred dollars at that time. He got it, and then the price went way up to eight hundred in like two weeks. He's like, "Man, this is like amazing! Pay me all the time in this, right?" And then it went down to like four fifty, and he's texting. Me. He's like, "I don't know about this." you know like people don't, like they don't think like too critically into it so what's going to happen is uh, as the fundamentals continue to grow and the, then their price goes up then they'll come begging to uh to give you bitcoin cash and they'll they just they won't see the forest over the trees and all the other fundamental reasons that makes you know cryptocurrency superior to the dollar system or as jeremy's in the UK or whatever fiat system that that people are using so unfortunately people aren't always you know forward thinking like that and uh, the price will tell them what's correct but, uh, but the actual fundamentals will be ignored.
2: Yeah, probably. I mean, I think the, to me, the critical thing, the critical thing, you know, for crypto is just time. Time is the ultimate resource that crypto has because as long as it keeps ticking over, it gets into someone's head. And like you're saying, they go, okay, he sees it go up and he's excited. And he says it goes down. And now he's you know depressed, but then it goes back up a bit. And then it goes back down a bit. And over time, it just sort of modulates to he understand, okay, it's always like this and just being adapting to a free floating kind of currency system. And then, the reinforcing, you know, as, as maybe somebody else mentions crypto to him and he can say, oh yeah, I took payment in crypto. And then they also think, wait a second, this is now happening over here in the economy as well too. And as those links kind of form together at a certain point, it's just going to be like, start all snapping into place and, and, and it'll, it'll happen really fast. I think.
3: Whole domino effect. Well, what, what happens
0: and Jeremy, you always pointed out like being a big fan of volatility though, but when the volatility has gone, so will the opportunity. <laughs> that that comes with you know wealth growth and all that you can when bitcoin cash has a 50 trillion dollar market cap and it doesn't go up you know 2 3x in a year or a few years uh th- th- you'll you'll talk about all those people who are so smart in 2021 were going into it right so just um yeah it's it, it just takes a deeper conversation on you know what a free market currency is versus a um for lack of a better term democratized currency through through a fiat system if you want to even use that word uh, so yeah, I, I think, you know, us as small business owners and, um, you know, it re- really, can create a network effect into it. And, uh, it, yeah, and that, that's what I'm trying to do. Hopefully you guys can come to my event next year. I'm actually already working on it. Uh, getting a little bit ahead. Yeah. I threw it together yeah. a little late. Uh, the, the Bitcoin cash podcast was a sponsor. I appreciate that, Jeremy. <laughs> um, that's and, well and if it. you guys, if you guys have, you know, these kind of meetings of like-minded people, you know, if you guys have any other ideas on how to make it a great event or get involved, man, by all means, uh, we we definitely love to make it even better. I had so many, someone complimented me last two weeks ago. I hadn't seen the vendor in a while. He came in and said how great of an event that was. And we did it at at PJ National and they're, they're used to like hosting like the, you know, PJ professional golf tournaments, the Honda Classic. So our 150 person event was nothing and it was just so well professionally done. And like Jeremy was talking about before the podcast and just presenting Bitcoin Cash well, it really gives a, uh, I think a professional um good branding towards it yeah i think
3: it definitely definitely helps like um with the crowd to see like how serious we are about bitcoin cash because it's one thing to have a you know a podcast or to have a youtube channel but it's a whole different dynamic to to bring a group of like-minded people into like one one event that just goes show how serious they are about this asset this cryptocurrency yeah i think real life
2: real life rules in the end i mean people you know, for obviously as much time as I spend creating and putting out online content. So you guys, but the the fact of the matter is, and that's something I think that the BDC crowd seriously undervalue is all this, toxicity on twitter and whatever it just doesn't translate to real life if you just when it's just you and someone else and you're just having a conversation trying to shill them all this crap about oh lighting network and oh you're gonna get rich and everything that doesn't make any sense but if you're just like here look download it. wallet look i just sent you one dollar and people yeah wow, well, you know i see what it, what's really going on and at the end of the day those things aren't uh, visible immediately but over the long run they they kind of really stack up because people trust their own uh, experiences more than you know, whatever random junk they read online because everybody <laughs> knows uh anyone can can say anything online. All right. So we got the uh send in USD, the other stat we check in every uh year as well. 2021, we already kind of touched on this, but it's up about 2.5 x year on year. But if you just extend a little bit back into November of uh 2020, then it's like more than 20x. It was only in the hundred million you know, sort of per day. And it seems really with noise.cash and I also personally attribute a decent amount of it to the fork and to Amori having left and the eCash team sort of having gone their own direction, that there was suddenly a big surge in interest or sort of reliability in the scene. Uh And that a lot of people, you know, ob- obviously including us on this call sort of became more excited and, and got more involved uh, in it as a result. And so I think that's kind of uh played into played into things as well too but yeah i don't know do either of you have any thoughts on these
0: yeah J- jeremy to to add to it uh, i remember like i thought bch was going to be the one g- that was going to have the developer fund uh you know roger was much more involved at the time and i remember he even like endorsed it and and i was like all right well i think i'll have to find a, a new crypto because it's not not what i wanted and um even if it was the fork went the other way you yeah, know that may have been more opportunistic as an investor standpoint. Like I think eCash has had like performed very well just because when it forked it was at such a low evaluation. Uh, but yeah, that was um, it's crazy to think that that was uh, such a low time. And actually, at the time, I was so unsure I went I put so much more of my Bitcoin Cash and just to to Ethereum because I didn't know what Bitcoin Cash was going to do. But it seems like we really have you know moved out a lot of those big uh, centralizing personalities from these two forks with Amari and uh, and Craig and. And people like that. So, and and I think it's good. You know, I think we should touch on on Roger. Some people are bringing him up. They want him back. But like, I think it's good that he's taking a step back. It's allowing more and more parts of the community to to decentralize around him, and uh, and just in general, you know, how can Bitcoin Cash grow in the next year? I was wondering. Like, I saw the Los Angeles Lakers name their their stadium Crypto. Bitcoin.com or like that. that crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking like, like we should like Bitcoin.com to like sponsor a stadium or something like or we need like some like loud thing out there. Uh, that, that'd be pretty cool. But who knows, who knows what, what the next big move is going to be out there and what kind of players will come in and want to build on Bitcoin
3: cash.
2: Yeah, Vlad, any, any thoughts? So,
3: uh, so I don't really have much of a technical standpoint from this, but I do think that that would definitely help us just keep on pushing the marketing, keep on like Ryan just mentioned, like have something like that. That would be really cool to just see some bigger sponsorships and keep pushing something like that because it's just going to increase, uh, it's just going to increase the transactions, going to keep increasing the price. it's going to keep increasing the value, and overall, it's just going to like bring the eyes onto onto the public and to other bigger investors. Yeah, cool. All right. So we got the
2: uh, something I I wanted to bring up as well here too. So Masari Capital, who I had actually not heard of, but maybe I should have put out their 2022 crypto theses. Uh, So this is from this guy. His name's Ryan Selkis and his online handle is 2bitidiot. And to be honest, I've never (laughs) really been a fan of his. He's been around in Bitcoin for a very, very long time he was kind of involved in sort of early crypto journalism and stuff back in the day, uh, when there, when there wasn't really, uh, much or anything of that, you know, back when CoinDesk was just getting founded and back before there was all these podcasts and Twitter celebrities and, you know, all this stuff. Um, so it turns out, you know, in his own journey through the crypto scene, he's founded this, uh, kind of investment hedge fund type of company, um, and, you know, he must be doing great. So I can't knock him too much, you know, haters going to hate. I don't want to be one of the haters, but he's put out his uh crypto thesis, which he does every single year, apparently. And he's done uh 165 pages of crypto analysis. It took him about a month. Uh, And I do recommend everybody to check it out because he has a lot of interesting thoughts on NFTs and on the scene developing and all this kind of stuff. But uh, the most interesting thing, obviously, pertinent to this podcast is, did he really talk about Bitcoin Cash? And the answer was no. He only, it was only mentioned one time. And the exact quote was, on the other hand, Bitcoin's scarce resource is its simple monetary meme. Its pure play money competitors are less intimidating. Dogecoin, Shiba Inu, Bitcoin Cash, Craig Cash, and the forks of their forks are not much to ride home about, right? So this kind of comes with this uh, backdrop of what we are just saying about the price that it has you know, been steady or has been surpassed by a lot of other coins, but I was kind of mind blown uh, that it is getting, you know, overlooked to that that extent. I mean, that's that's kind of the opportunity of it really, but when you look at this uh, set of four Dogecoin and, and, you know, which has been basically hyped up by Elon, but otherwise doesn't really have all that much you know, going for it, I wouldn't say. Shiba Inu, which you can barely transfer to anything. It's literally only speculation because it's an ERC-20 token. It costs $30 to send it anywhere. Craig Cash, which he didn't even bother to call it Bitcoin SV, which is already blasting it straight off. And Bitcoin Cash has just found it kind of, it's way into that group as just coins that he's kind of like, yeah, man, they're not really doing anything or I don't need to really bother paying attention to. Bit of a joke um which you know given how much innovation and and like grassroots uh momentum i'm starting to see in the scene and also my own personal belief that there's not going to be another split for the next year two years three years you know and things are really going to take off because most like like you're saying most of those personalities kind of have, have left so i just think that that's crazy and if anybody is worried about the price or BCH not getting enough attention or something like that. That, That's all you need to know right there is this guy who's making these big, you know, analysis of the crypto scene and stuff, whatever coins he's into, BCH is not even on the radar. So that's something we need to fix with some better marketing. But I also feel like it just goes to show how off the radar and probably how uh, value for money uh, uh, it is right now. And also quickly, just to mention Jet, Completely nails it with. Uh, we had this joke on the on the podcast of we like the coin being like we like the stock from GME, and whether or not uh, that percolated around the internet or it was just convergent evolution, uh, this guy actually used that same idea in his own uh, header and he made a joke called uh, copy trading. We like the coins, and their financial disclosure had uh, you know we saw that we like the coins type idea so i just thought it was good to see that uh we're we're ahead of the meme game here as well too on the uh podcast but i don't know did either of you get a chance to to take a look at some of this document or are you really interested in what what the rest of the scene is kind of analyzing
0: um i i didn't look at this i wasn't even familiar with it before but i tend not to you know look to get into crowded trades But before, I've had my YouTube channel for like two to three years, and like for example, like now Tesla is all the rage. Everyone's investing in Tesla, Uh, and actually, I followed Mark DeMessel into the trade too. But when Tesla was out of favor, they were going out of business. Like that, everyone was overlooking them. Electric cars are dumb. Uh, That's when I got really interested. That's where I saw opportunity, and uh, and I do feel the same kind of sentiments now. I do think Bitcoin Cash is completely overlooked. Nothing to worry about there. And uh, meanwhile, there's this whole groundswelling of of people who, who love it, and um, there are efforts to build on it. And maybe this may be a good segue into smart BCH because I am dying to know <laughs> how the people are getting like nine thousand percent APY on their uh, Bitcoin Cash. So eventually, these things will will play out. And by the time uh, Missouri Capital will talk about them in the future, uh, Bitcoin Cash will be three to five thousand dollars a coin, and they'll be telling everyone to buy it when they didn't tell them to buy it at four hundred dollars, right? So that's typically what I, the kind of investments that, you know, I look for.
3: Yeah, I personally think to compare Bitcoin Cash to Dogecoin, Shiba, and SV is just, I mean, that's just a travesty. Um, (laughs) Honestly, like, for the day-to-day use with Bitcoin Cash, like, what, what Bitcoin was intended to do, I mean, Bitcoin Cash is exactly that, honestly. Like, you can't, you cannot go... To and, and do day-to-day small transactions. You can't go somewhere and buy something with Bitcoin. It's too expensive. And then they tried to implement something like a strike network to where they take custody of your Bitcoin, which is completely the opposite of what decentralization is for. So uh, my standpoint with this is like, <laughs> it's just it, it, to to compare Bitcoin Cash to any of those with what it has to offer to to the community is just insane. Not to mention that Bitcoin has yet to offer any DeFi options. And like Ryan was mentioning um smart bch which we'll get into um i i don't see any d5 over in the uh the bitcoin space yet
2: can i hop
4: yeah, in here exactly. for just a second yeah, yeah
3: yeah get in the mix
4: just to kind of build off that i think him lumping dogecoin shiba inu bitcoin cash and Craig cash all together is it almost speaks more towards the person he is because truth is all those coins are on the radar right so let's actually compare Dogecoin and Shiba. They're both completely inflationary if I remember correctly. Uh and then I would like to hear like his reasoning for throwing Bitcoin cash in here because like then then we go to Craig cash and he's in courts, you know, playing Satoshi. So it's like it's the it's the odd one out in that group and it's those are all still on the radar. So Dogecoin and Shiba, of course, if you're an investor, it's just like GME right uh but the other two they're definitely they don't really belong i think craig makes sense because he's gotten so much media attention recently but bitcoin cash has been the underdog with not a whole lot of media attention so why is it still on his radar with these like uh yeah hype coins and media coins i would say
2: Yes. Yeah, it's, well, it's still got a mention. And I mean, that's the, that's the funniest thing about it. Maybe there's that critical dividing line between zero mentions where it's like, Oh, we don't even need to bother about that. Don't care at all about this versus the one mention. And the sort of the interesting part about it, if you dig into this is that a lot of his, theories and so on and so forth was about the rise of DeFi and like solana and avalanche and you know ethereum versus its competitors and and all that stuff and it seemed like either he just wasn't aware of smart bch or again is just sort of riding it off uh, and doesn't even consider it in that arena because probably it isn't by the amount of total value locked and the amount of action and the different you know uh hype towards it, it it's certainly not in that league yet but that said because it already has, you know, so much um, default uh, community and default um, traction, you know, by being involved with BCH, which was a very old crypto, you know, the oldest cryptocurrency, basically, along with the other Bitcoin forks, you know, there's nothing to say that it couldn't just like roar out. Uh, and get, and get in the mix. So to me, I think that was another critical oversight that I wouldn't be surprised if in 12 months time when he does this 2023, you know, grand expositions of how everything is going on, there will be, I'm, you know, predicting or guessing there'll be some line in there about, oh, and surprise, you know, BCH just suddenly came out of nowhere with this like smart BCH or Mm -hmm. different uh, things like that, which maybe on this podcast, because we love BCH, you know, we're talking about it now but it takes another six months or, you know, it has to be a couple of big wins really come out of it before everybody else uh, sort of starts paying attention.
0: I think the eventual uh, flipping of Bitcoin BTC with like Ethereum will also be something that allows Bitcoin cash to rise by so much because I feel like so much of the crypto market just wants to prop up BTC because if that goes down, pretty much everything else goes down, right? And then, but if we have a new market leader that, is holding higher dominance there would be less of a um, uh what's the word an allegiance to do so to protect BTC because other cryptos will share more of the market share and not collapse. Uh so I think that's something that that's big to look at and also it would allow and that would allow Bitcoin cash to rise more right because I think so much of the BTC narrative and Bitcoin cash going down just says, you know, we were right, the market is chosen, right? And um once BTC is not the greatest store of value in, in the market, then it's like, well, are you the greatest store of value? And so a lot of these things will fall on themselves. And then I really think, you know, that there's so much interest in DeFi right right now, and I think there will be in the coming years that uh Bitcoin Cash being sound money and uh in a DeFi platform
3: will just make it more and more ultimate money. To add to that too, like especially like this year, like cryptocurrency in general is getting a lot of recognition. And when people are starting to flip from Bitcoin, like a lot of businesses, if you look at Bitcoin.com, how many businesses are accepting Bitcoin Cash? Their business owners, day to day, looking like, okay, how can I start accepting cryptocurrency? And then they're going to look at the best alternatives to to fiat currency. And then they're obviously not going to accept Bitcoin; it's too expensive to accept Bitcoin. Most businesses, you know, that are jumping on aren't like they're, they're pizza shops, they're uh, small businesses, you know, they're they're taking smaller transactions, and they're going to find out like, okay, Bitcoin Cash is a solid. Uh, replacement for taking payment, and I think that that's going to, you know, kind of segue into more people accepting Bitcoin Cash and uh, increasing the amount of people investing into it yeah so i just want to make one quick uh mention before we get on to i've
2: got three little storylines here for us to track that i think sort of typify what has happened in the in the year and, and things i want to get some uh more thoughts on but i just want to quickly uh mention before we get to that that the this Masari capital he's got his big thesis you can read his 165 pages but mine kind of breaks down to this tweet i made a couple of months ago where i Said, you know, Bitcoin in 2013, it had Mt. Gox and then it did rebuilding the year after, and then green shoots, and then momentum. And then just as it was starting to gain traction, it hit the block size war in 2017. So I was kind of contrasting that to Bitcoin Cash that in 2020 was kind of like the Mt. Gox year where it had the fork with e cash and everything, you know, it's been disaster. And that in 2021, I feel like this year has been the year of of rebuilding and just those small kind of grassroots efforts starting to come together. And so therefore, if you kind of extrapolate the pattern that 2022 will be the green shoots and 2023, it'll start to hit momentum. And then maybe that kind of flippening type of, you know, vibe could be on the table in in 2024 if things keep going to plan, but yeah, maybe that will be completely wrong. If, uh, if Ethereum or any other, you know, coin can sort of surge up and knock BDC off the number one space. That that is going to be a titanic shift in the market and how much everyone starts to starts to evaluate the different um coins. All right. So yeah, wait, let's wait, let's talk one more yeah, thing. Yeah, go on. Those yeah.
4: other coins are not money. I don't know a single person who has paid for something with Doge or SHIB, especially not Sheep, maybe Doge a couple of years ago, but especially not Sheep and then i know maybe one person who makes the attempt with bsv and still can't like live off of it so yeah i don't i'm just i don't know i'm a little honed in on this i think he uh i think he he showed his hand essentially with this quote
2: yeah yeah definitely i mean it's just it's just a classic of uh you know the the hype the hype narrative versus you know the reality kind of what we were talking about before where there's a whole internet echo chamber of everyone comparing their favorite coins but like we talked with, uh, with joel last uh week about the all the different coins as to which ones were actually usable well if there was that was a completely different take on the crypto market 100 percent opposite to what is in this grand thesis was from somebody who lives on crypto every single day likes completely the opposite uh coins you know so yeah i've got these three storylines which i wanted to talk about and it seems like we let's just skip straight to number two we'll come back to number one because uh seems like smart bch is on the agenda everyone wants to talk about that so i really wanted to uh yeah give the the sort of summary to the listeners that might not have been following this story the the whole year so uh at the start of the year nobody had heard anything about this at all that's one thing to remember you know it seems like it's been around for quite a while at this point but really it hasn't been it was completely off the radar and then it was in about may i think that it was announced as this kind of weird thing which came out as called mowing chain m-o-e-i-n-g chain and everybody was like what is this, this is really weird and it was launched with this one kind of dodgy website and nobody knew what it was sort of about because it had come mostly from the Chinese uh, developers that are involved with Jihan Wu and this guy called Kui Wang who nobody had ever really heard of as Well, at least I hadn't heard of him up until this uh, point. And it was kind of like, wait, what is this? And then suddenly it just turned into being like, somehow we've developed an awesome uh, version of Ethereum attached to BCH. And so the community sort of slowly figured that out over about a month. And then there was kind of a lot of questions like, is this just vaporware or is this a lot of hype? Uh, You know, it seemed almost too good to be true that it could all be delivered and go great. But then somehow it actually did. And over the next couple of months, like they got it, you know, they said, okay, guys, this is coming soon. And then they did actually, they rolled it out and it was working. And then uh, a couple of tweaks to MetaMask and you're onto it. And it's live. And then people started kind of coming in and starting up the copying over code from the projects that are on Ethereum like to make decentralized exchanges. And they started doing token projects with like cash cats. And now there's tons of other ones. And then some NFTs started being happening with these poolside puffers that uh, Jet, Jet's a big fan of. And like these things, they they just started all kind of popping up, right? It's been this s- secret little uh, revolution and there's now actually several uh, bridges there was Coinflex are uh, maintaining the main uh bridge but there are other companies as well that let you uh flip your BCH uh across and it is promised that in next year after the May uh, protocol update that we will get a decentralized um bridge so that you can uh you don't need to trust Coinflex and the you can move the coins one way and the other way Uh, in a decentralized way where nobody can uh, stop you or steal your coins or, you know, and all the locking and burning of the coins uh, will be managed automatically. So if, if that happens, it might just unlock a tidal wave of obviously if you're a very big player, you don't necessarily want to be putting tons of capital while it's still kind of at risk of that uh, centralized bridge. So yeah, I I, obviously I'm going to get thoughts from, from the two of you on how this, uh, journey has been and i've put on the slides here i was going to compare to how many uh total value locked is a really big metric for for defile just check what the ethereum is currently at but it's about 35 million right now for smart bch which is not trivial but it's also not not massive compared to these other players like solano or like avalanche or whatever other ethereum obviously and so from a bch point of view it sounds awesome to could this be like the ETH 2.0 arriving somehow suddenly via some miracle on BCH or is it just going to have to slowly work its way into the mix with those competitors and, and kind of, how does it get an edge? Right. So yeah. Any, any thoughts of the year, maybe Vlad can start this off seeing as he's
3: he's been uh, reading up on smart BCH. Yeah. So, I mean, I have really just been getting into it. Like the last, it literally, week and a half, really, that I've been, like, starting BCH, uh, Smart BCH and how to get into it. And really, the most difficult part is just how to bridge it. Now, <clears throat> I've had people, like, respond to my tweets and be like, oh, I lost um, I lost uh, some BCH trying to bridge it. And I'm not trying to put any, uh, any like, bad word to Prompt.cash, but that was the platform that they brought up. Now, I'm sure it's just it's just so early in the game. They just need to, like, fix all these tweaks right now. And I know that's probably just a developmental issue, but I've been using Hop.cash. All that is, is simply is you just have your uh, your wallet off your phone, whatever you're storing your Bitcoin cash. Um, and then you go on hop.cash off your computer, provides a QR code. All you do is you scan it and then it just tells you, okay, the transaction went through and then just it waits a little bit. Like when you're transferring like $10, it goes by almost instantly. Just like regular Bitcoin cash would if I was to use like Bitcoin.com to another person's Bitcoin.com wallet. But when you're starting to get into like the bigger numbers, like two Bitcoin cash, you know, it'll be like 10 minutes. And that's where the first time I I transferred over to Bitcoin Cash, I was a little scared. I got a little worried. I was like, oh boy, what's going to (laughs) happen? But uh, lo and behold, it went through. And then uh, I brought it onto the Smart BCH chain. And then you get access to all these awesome exchanges like Miss swap. And then there is this new one uh, that's called Daiquiri. And I'm not going to give, I'm not going to give my recommendation on it uh, because it's so new. And I, you know, I, I can't definitely tell you I would say approach with caution, but it's something to look into. Um, so, Miss Swap definitely has been around longer. It's a lot of people uh, have more trust in it. So, I've put in a, a decent amount, probably about like three Bitcoin cash in there, and I'm farming it uh, right now at this moment. And you can get some APRs. Um, you can get you know as low as eighty percent, which eighty percent is still <laughs> amazing. But eighty percent is like the low end. You know, the some some uh, some of the farms that you can put it onto, you can uh, earn four hundred and fifty percent. Uh, on MistSwap, but then you get into the crazy numbers when you're on Dacry, which is a newer platform. So they're just looking to get people on, and, and then the, these percentages are going down. But when they first started to swing, try to swing people onto their platform, you were seeing APYs of like forty thousand percent, and people were yielding at forty thousand percent. You can just you can harvest your yield at any time, so it's not like you have to wait x amount of uh of days, hours, whatever people were harvesting like 40,000%. And even in a day's time, that's so much. But as people got, uh, as people got like the word of uh, smart BCH, and they heard of Daiquiri, they started, you know, starting to risk it too. Uh, you know, start off with minimal amounts, because the, the prices start, uh, the percentages start dropping down, like slower and slower and slower. Uh, and now we're at like 1800 is probably like the highest percent per year, but that's still a phenomenal return and as people are getting more trust for Daiquiri, which again, I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen. Uh, I'm not going to give you my recommendation, but it's, it's kind of, you know, it's staying still right now. I'm not seeing too many signs like that. It's like, you know, going to be a rug pull, but who knows, who knows what's to say, but these are crazy numbers. And it's just, you can start making a lot of passive income with, uh with these exchanges.
2: Ryan, what do you think? Smart, smart BCH. Have you been, yeah, have you been I to
3: I,
0: I I think the whole thing is fascinating that we're rewriting you know the financial tools that operate an economic system right so these platforms and and how they all operate like uh for example like I I was driving home the other night and I had some cash on me and like more cash than I like to carry and I was and I stopped at a bank and my son was like asking me what I'm doing and I was like you know I don't know like I don't even know why this building exists because he knows about Bitcoin Cash and I was like with Bitcoin Cash I can just all from my phone and I can hold hard money on my phone. And, um, in regards to smart BCH, uh, yeah, I, I think, um, everyone should be cautiously optimistic about what kind of APRs you go into and there, there will be rug pulls. There's going to be wild, wild west things that that occur, but this is, um, I mean, everyone's looking for yield. Everyone knows that's how the banking system operates, right? They take your capital and they monetize it, um, and decentralized platforms. Why can't we partake in that? And That's going to happen. And, um, I, I I've been educating myself. I really haven't jumped too much into it, but um I am fascinated by it. And I, and I did have a question I put on my community tab. Someone asked about um about the you know, amount of Bitcoin cash burned on the smart BCH platform. And I'm curious if anyone can kind of speak to that. So uh, how 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 does it burn? Um, talk about how many BCH there will be in five years when two BCH is burned every day through smart BCH. So this this helps you know keeping you know, controlling the price as long as, you know, as well as with like having cycles and making it more of a scarce resource. Um, can, can anyone explain to me how and why it burns through a smart BCH?
2: Yeah. So I think, okay. So I, I think there's been, there's been actually quite a lot of different sort of misconceptions and, and angles about this actually. So it's, it's quite good to get a chance to sort of uh, ex- explain it all from from start to finish. So I think sort of the, the key starting point is basically the history, right? Which is that cryptocurrency started with this idea of creating a fixed supply amount of money. And so then Satoshi did that. And before that, you know, you had inflationary currencies or you had gold, which even then is still inflationary because you can always sort of mine sort of slightly more of it. And so this kind of economic ideas about deflationary currencies, which it was very easy for economists to sort of put off and say that's never going to work or whatever you know there was no counter example of yeah but what about this it's actually working right here so that was easy to dismiss but then with bitcoin you created a fixed supply money which would be deflationary uh naturally because obviously everybody would um you know mine up to the coin limit and then once you have that certain amount of coins provided the system is still going without any uh, inflation coming into the system that it will become deflationary just because people will lose coins naturally. And Satoshi even said that somebody uh, asked Satoshi, you know, oh, isn't this going to be a problem? Like if we've only got 21 million coins and then somebody loses a few <laughs> here and there, you know, down the back of the couch, then eventually you're you're running out of coins. And Satoshi said, no, that's not going to be a problem because uh, the, when you losing coins, that's essentially just, like uh burning them you know destroying them and in that way because of the market supply and demand that essentially redistributes the value of your bch proportionally to or the bitcoin you know uh to everyone else in the system so it's kind of just like charity so there was not any problem you know bitcoin was sort of designed in a certain way so that, you know, with people like if they died and they didn't manage to pass on their Bitcoin or if they lost them or if they got hacked or if they put them in some, you know, smart contract or something that didn't work out, like that's no problem for the rest of the system. It can just carry on normally. So that was the, that was the premise. And then what has since changed that has been the rise of DeFi in the sort of 2018, 2000 nineteen as that has started come onto the scene. As far as I know, the first big uh you know proof of of this concept of deliberately burning coins, not accidentally burning coins like by losing them or whatever, was in Binance uh smart chain. So they had the idea, uh CZ, who is the guy who runs the Binance chain, he had this idea of what if we issue a token which is kind of like a it's basically like a stock in our exchange. And people will have to pay using that coin, uh, that stock, for transaction fees on the exchange. So therefore, the more the exchange is used, the more people will have to spend this coin. And therefore, there's, you know, intrinsic demand for it. And it doesn't have to compete with other coins, you know, to be used as as money day to day, right? So he said that and then because then that's a win-win for him because then if people are obviously spending that coin, burning it on exchange... Then uh, they're using the exchange, but also he has the one who's made the initial supply of it. So if people rush into the market to speculate and they all buy up the Binance coins, that pumps the price of the the Binance tokens, which is a a great marketing thing for him, and also b it makes his stash more valuable that he can sell on the free market, and therefore it's kind of like having a you know an ICO. It's kind of like a angel seed round of investment funds that has been crowdfunded, kind of like a really weird version of Kickstarter. So you have those those two things at play. But because he started this system uh, and then it worked, basically, which was that people paying the fees uh, in that coin pumped the price of the token, which brought more people in in this kind of virtuous cycle. And now a Binance uh, smart chain coin is like 500 uh dollars and so this idea of deliberately burning coins in order to pump your price and get uh traction sort of started to catch on to other coins so then ethereum made sort of tried to get in on it with their eip 1559 and being really excited about burning coins um to pump their their price which they said was going to lower fees but of course in the end it didn't and what they don't really understand about it is that the the important part of the burn is not the fact that the coins are gone and the value redistributes to everyone that's generally fine everyone's happy to have their coins go up in value the the crux of the matter is who is the ones whose coins are being burned because they're essentially you know paying that price right so in the binance system it was the people who were trading on the binance exchange which is fine because it was all done in tiny little increments and the people you know, have exchange fees. So they don't really notice whether it's paid in fiat or it's paid in in Binance coins. You know, they couldn't really care less. But in the Ethereum case, they were getting a bit lost. And I think they still are because what they don't understand is the people burning all those Ethereum's uh, is their own community. So what does that mean? It just means even if they feel like, well, my ETH prices are going up. But the fact is, then if they want to transfer their ETH, it's their coins that are getting burned so actually what they're doing is they're disincentivizing people to use ethereum and they're just going to go onto to other chains now that wasn't a problem for binance because instead of the the burning was already built into the fees that they already had to pay to trade on the exchange like it was a proven product that people already wanted to use so when it comes to smart bch what happened was that the developers of that were looking to start an uh, an EVM chain, and they saw okay, Ethereum is doing this, Finance Smart Chain is doing this, other chains are doing this, and they thought, well, this is a proven good idea in in the marketplace. So they essentially tried to replicate the Finance Smart Chain model, which is that when you go transfer your coins onto uh, Smart BCH, you uh, have to pay a transfer fee, just like you do on the main chain and it's very very low like one or two cents but of that one or two cents uh it splits down into two portions so one portion is like the mining reward that goes to the validators on smart bch which is essentially the bch miners so in that way the system is economically secured you know the users using the network pays for the network infrastructure so that's good and then they could have just left it at that and been that's that's happy but for some reason i'm i i don't know you'd have to ask the smart bch devs they thought you know what let's put it let's mix in a little bit of spice here as well too and so they added another small little component which is the fee burn so that the smart bch uh users the people who are transferring around their money uh, you know to do all this farming and uh, you know use all these apps and so on are essentially also paying out dividends to all the other smart bch holders and to the main chain holders as well too, because their value of their BCH, even if they just do nothing, is going to go up because there will be slightly small amounts of of BCH burned, uh, you know, over time. And w- while there's been some sort of consternation because people say, "Oh, well, what are we going to, you know, we're going to run out of uh, coins uh, if we just if we just burn them all," but that's not really going to happen because there's a well, there's there's two there's two answers to that. So the first point is that you can lose any amount of coins and it doesn't matter in one sense, right? The whole world economy, if everybody in the world was using Bitcoin Cash, could run on one single BCH. It could run on 0. 0.0001 BCH. And the way it can do that is because it's infinitely divisible, right? So at the moment, one BCH is 100 million Satoshis. But if we needed to add another... You know ten decimal places we could do it, and everybody could just trade in smaller and smaller and smaller amounts, so the actual amount of bch is is irrelevant because any amount can be distributed around to enough people uh, enough people and people think oh well that 's like raising the supply, but it isn 't because it 's like having a pizza, and if you cut it into smaller pieces, then you can hand it out to more people, but it doesn 't mean there's there 's no extra pizza. Created right? You've just made it into into smaller amounts, and so when they added all those decimal places, it just means everybody would suddenly have you know all those extra decimal places of of BCH. So everybody still has the exact same ratio of of, of the supply as they did before. So it's not changing. Twenty there's, there will be twenty one million BCH. It'll just be a lot easier to send around. So in one hand, it doesn't matter how much BCH you you burn because however much is left is enough. And that's already proven by the fact that there's like 18 million in circulation today, but actually there's only about 13 million because there was 1 million that Satoshi never used. And there's four or 5 million that have been lost and have never moved and never will move. And nobody cares, right? Nobody's like, Oh, what about these? Nobody cares. It's fine. Uh, And then the other aspect to that is that the burn is self-stabilizing because the price. So, when you burn a small amount of bch um it uh, it increases the the supply uh increases the price by reducing the supply right so the more uh bch is burned like let's say right now there's one bch burned per day that will eventually pump the price so let's say the price of bch goes from five hundred dollars to a thousand dollars and that means that the fees burnt will halve in BCH terms. They will be the same in fiat terms, but they will halve in in fiat terms. If you if you see what I'm saying, right? So, as the burn continues, the supply the the supply decreases and the price goes up. And as a result, the amount of uh, fiat value burned in BCH can be consistent or increasing, but at the same time, the actual the amount of in BCH terms can be stable or decreasing because the coins themselves are getting more valuable so like let's say if this became a really big deal and smart BCH gets tons of traction it's not like we're going to go from burning two coins a day to 2000 coins a day to 200,000 coins a day that's not going to happen because if there was that much demand and that many people burning uh coins obviously people are finding these apps useful and everybody will be flooding into BCH and at that point the price will go to the moon and the the fees will still be small amounts of of fiat, but they will all add up to a very you know uh, fractional or, or decreasing amount of BCH. So that was a huge <laughs> spiel, but hopefully all of that make makes sense. Is there yeah any questions about any of that? So
3: Vlad, right now, how are the fees on Smart BCH? Um let me see right now. Oh, I mean just regular transaction fees right now they're they're fractions of a penny. I believe like the biggest one I saw was like 3 cents in fiat, but I mean they're way lower. That's for like bigger transactions or for like for like more valuable smart contracts that you're trying to execute. Um the general one is like I want to say like 0. 0.000 it's like three or four decimal spots to the right. So it's it, they're very very small. It's very affordable. You're pretty much transferring the exact value that you're trading for. Um, and it's not like Ethereum. Like people are trying to participate in DeFi, and they're getting killed on, or they can't, they, can, they can't even get killed on the Ethereum chain because they can't afford to get killed on the on, on the Ethereum chain. So uh, Smart PCH is just so it, it the transactions are, are are they're very very small, very very small.
0: I know uh, Mark Lamb with Coinflex, you know, part of his thesis around building around Bitcoin Cash is that the next billion users of cryptocurrency will will be fee sensitive. You know, right now. The crypto market has grown. Ethereum has grown. Bitcoin's grown uh, with high fees. But I don't think this trend is likely to continue. And, uh, you know, again, of course, that, that was a big reason for the block size war. But, uh, getting, you know, there's I, I do agree with that thesis. To, I mean, obviously, if you're in Bitcoin Cash, you probably agree that the next billion users are going
3: to care about fees. Of course. I mean, even like going towards something like NFTs, which Smart BCH is implementing. I mean, you can't own NFTs affordably. Like if you're just if you're just a day-to-day small investor you can't buy an nft you can't afford it sometimes because of the fees say it's like a hundred dollar nft that has huge value and it's gonna you know uh, it it has the potential skyrocketing but the, the ethereum fees are like 300 400 500 sometimes i've seen them go up thousands of dollars you can't you can't afford that on smart bch i bought uh four yield producing nfts that are making me passive income right now and i paid fractions of a penny for them each so it's that's something to consider
2: yeah, and to give the listeners like some uh context. So I did look this up just before. So yeah, the total amount of uh BCH, the total value locked on the on the chain, which is just one, you know, metric for the size of the ecosystem, is thirty-seven million US dollars. Now, if we compare that to Ethereum, it's a hundred and forty-nine billion <laughs> uh US dollars locked on Ethereum. So what that means is that essentially BCH would be about a 4000x growth in the amount of like capital and uh you know value uh flooding into the system before it was you know matching up to to Ethereum in terms of the amount of community interest and the amount of you know protocols and different you know value that's going on and and so on and so forth right so right now BCH is an absolute tiny little uh speck in the in the pond of of smart chains but because of the the way that open source works, which is that the developers have built smart BCH uh, using a lot of the, well, they recoded everything from scratch to match the same specs in the base layer. But once they did that, porting over all the apps and the wallets and so on and so forth is just tweaking a few lines of code. So it's actually not that unrealistic that with just a little bit of time, BCH can probably not catch up the full 4,000 x on smart bch you know in one year or something that's probably not likely to happen but it can cat it it doesn't need to retread those same things over and over and over again it's like starting the 100 meter race you know from the 95th meter basically uh because so much of the infrastructure is already there and because it's cryptocurrency it's all open source so what's missing is mostly not the development or you know relearning those same lessons uh instead what's missing is just the liquidity and the consumer interest to kind of flood into the coin and that's going to be a, a self-perpetuating um you know a uh, virtuous cycle as, as well too so yeah, they
3: definitely they definitely need more liquidity they definitely need more to invest in some of the projects too just to brush up i'm not going to go into like the details of all the projects but i've been starting to research like some of them and th- there's a lot of good projects on the smart bch chain one that i would I'm going to leave you guys with is celery. It's like an annuity that they're launching, like the first cryptocurrency annuity that they're launching on the smart BCH chain. I mean, there's some valuable projects there that just need funding, and, and uh, ultimately, hopefully, we get there.
4: <laughs> to kind of like loop back to the fee burning thing, um, I don't know if I'm remembering everything correctly. But I believe Jihan had a team behind the Omni protocol back in like 2018 in Wormhole. And in order that was supposed to be a token layer built on top of Bitcoin Cash that seemed to be rejected by the community over time, but um that uh I don't know if he took inspiration from that, but if I remember correctly, in order to get a token on the Omni protocol, you had to burn your Bitcoin cash for it. So that might be part of the reason why they have divvied this portion of the uh, overall fees into burning Bitcoin cash.
2: Yeah, and I think I, I I wasn't following it at all as closely at that time, but I think the you know there was there was like sort of other factors at play, right? The community was in a lot of consternation about it. And I think that was before it had been proven that fee burning, you know, was a workable solution on other chains, uh, anywhere near as strongly as far as I know. Yeah, like that wormhole. I don't know the details, but it might be that you could burn them, you know, and it was just burning them to get them onto the chain, and then maybe you weren't expected to be able to bring them back. Whereas the smart BCH, you can flip some of your coins over, and then obviously a portion of it gets burned, but the main smart BCH you still have, and you can you can flip it uh back you know like and maybe also just the community at that time had not thought through or was not as educated about everything i explained with cutting the pizza into smaller slices and the you know the fact that that is actually a workable system because people just don't like burning things it sounds like wasting you know (laughs) resources right it's very unintuitive to think about uh throwing away coins even though they're literally just virtual numbers on a on a computer right it's not really a problem
0: I mean, just on a high level, like what an exciting time to be alive, right? Like our, our parents and grandparents just lived through fiat systems and whatever, they got rid of the gold standard and like everything was getting taken away. Now our generation gets to like rework all this and create second layer chains and yield farming and all this, like, and it's just so fascinating, the better kind of financial products that we will have in our lifetime and our children will have uh, all all due to this free market experiments, you know?
2: Yeah. So I think, yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see exactly how everything plays out. But I suppose my prediction for uh, 2022 is like gigantic. Well, okay. Very (laughs) substantial growth on uh, smart BCH. I think, you know, like I said, starting from the, it's still sort of quite young. It's still like probably less than six months old, which is pretty crazy compared to Ethereum it's been around you know for six years and even a lot of those other chains, even if they've been around for like uh avalanche for instance it' it's been around a bit a bit over a year at this point that's still twice as long as smart b c h and it had uh tons of um you know marketing money and stuff behind it which uh smart b c h hasn't had right so because i, I don't
4: know it's centralized <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah
2: so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I don't know. Do, does anybody want to take a, a stab? We can look back in one year. Total value locked on Smart BCH. So the spectrum is thirty-five million now on Smart BCH, up to one hundred and forty-nine billion on Ethereum. Or I guess you can go bigger if you think in one year Smart BCH could uh, could overtake. That's a that's a massive range. Uh, where, where are we looking? I'm going to take a second and think, where, where, where am I going to pick?
0: Well, I, I, th- I think something that would play into that is if uh, proof of stake ends up working out for Ethereum, right? Because then it could hold its market share. I would say if fundamentals don't change for Ethereum, that would really open up room for other market players like Smart PCH. So, uh, you know, and a lot of it, I think, does play into Jeremy, w- what happens with the crypto market. Like if we go into a bear market and everything collapses by 80%, yeah, you're gonna see a lot of people just exit, right? That the the fair weather investors, right? Uh, but I think me and you will still be there. So it's it's hard to there's other variables that play there, but I'm going with an elongating cycle. That's my thesis. And so I, I do think in the next, first couple quarters you'll see a lot of more exponential growth on smart BCH. And uh and just given the 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 uh the hype around you know DeFi platforms and NFTs and all that. So I, I don't think that's that's done yet.
4: We need a number, Ryan.
0: <laughs> yeah, pick, pick a all number of so, oh, mine so 30 35 35 million lock 35 million lock. by the yeah. end of
2: 2022 yeah by the well you know yeah december this time when we do the show next year what's what's it what's the number
0: i would say a modest 5x i i, I could say uh you know 170 180 million i think
3: that's a, a a modest number in terms of it's still so new yeah all right vlad uh, any thoughts i mean if people keep on boarding and it keeps going uh it keeps going the way it is and there's not all the, if the, i hope there's no more like there's no rugs that happen i don't want a lot of people to lose like their uh credibility this early in smart pch but i think a five even a 10x is definitely possible but it's just it has to keep uh performing and and keep uh you know keep the investors excited all right, so
2: got so maybe maybe even a ten. So you, so you're going about three hundred and seventy million then on the on the upper. That's that's, not, that's
3: really that's bullish and consider and hoping nothing crashes and and let's so let's just think that like crypto is going to keep going throughout twenty twenty two without any without any stops. But I mean, likely we're going to see like likely we will see declines in the entire crypto market. Uh, probably around like mid next year. So I mean, that's on the really bull scale, the ten x. Uh, but I'd say five x is is be more reasonable. Okay. Very
2: interesting. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to hold you to it. Don't worry. It's all just, it's all just speculation, but I mean, I was sort of thinking, I was sort of like 1 billion sounds nice. That would be, that would be a huge, huge move. Right. But uh, you've seen, you know, like, let's see for these other coins, which have like come up, you know, out of nowhere. So Avalanche has 11 billion. Let's have a look here. What Solana has, uh also about 11 billion right so even if we got you know these things can just sort of so solana went from 700 million in june up to eleven, eleven billion. 11 billion like these numbers are just staggering once a once a you know something really takes hold once it really captures the uh public's imagination but that's crazy like solana was 800 million or even 200 million in the uh, in March. And so smart BCH, yeah, five or six X puts it at the starting point for, for, uh, for Solana, which is absolutely like mind boggling to think. So, okay, maybe I was, maybe I was shooting a bit high there with, with one billion, you know, you know what? Fuck it. Like, what's the worst that can happen? It, do- it doesn't happen. <laughs> we have a terrible crypto year. So let let's say let's say if it if it gets up over a billion uh by the this time next year, it has a mad year. Then I'm gonna be looking sick. And if it doesn't, I'll just say, look, I said it was a moonshot. um <laughs> But uh, I mean,
3: even if it... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. It looks like Jonah, Jet. No,
2: no. Jet you gonna you gonna you gonna take a stab here? What 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 number are you thinking?
4: I think my prediction is uh dependent on the Shawgate bridge. Uh I would say in the next year 700 million locked. I would Ooh, say assuming that it. the Shawgate bridge comes uh the year after that probably 3 billion.
0: That's that or or way higher. And and the Shawgate is the decentralized bridge, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that launching will make people
4: so excited
3: yeah it'll, it'll bring a lot of ease to people i mean like people are probably worrying right now like will their bch get lost in the bridge and that's huge that's enormous yeah and i
2: don't think there's and i think there's still not a lot of sort of proof of concept for that in the sense that even though it seems actually at this stage fairly solid that that this is going to happen right because the smart bch team have delivered pretty much exactly on what they've said uh so far they've done a you know amazing job and every report is yeah, we, we just need to get the May upgrade over the line, which is locked in for May and that's on test net and that's coming through. So with those things, it's not inconceivable that by the end of, you know, June or July, we should see it, you know, and then there could be a big like flooding of, um of, of capital. And that could really like kickstart the kick start the kind of cycle. So yeah, I guess it it will depend on that. But the point is that the other other coins aren't in this same situation like Ethereum or Solana or, or whatever. You know, they don't have those this kind of weird two way peg bridge. And of course BDC hasn't done it, BSV hasn't done it. So we're we are in sort of uncharted uh territory, which I guess is a good thing because uh if if BCH can sort of jump out into the lead putting up these kind of results, once people start taking notice, they're they're really gonna take notice. Yeah. All right, cool. So that's uh, that's a bit of smart BCH uh, hype hype for everyone. That, those will be interesting numbers to look back on. I think I'm either going to look like a complete idiot when it's like <laughs> it's like a hundred million, and I said a billion, or I'm going to look like a genius when it's one point when it's like two billion, and everybody else is going on the going in the hundred and fifty million. So <laughs> go big I, or go home.
0: I hope I look like the idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll all be very happy
2: uh we'll all be very happy under that scenario okay cool so i wanted to touch on another storyline um from this year that i think has been playing out over the uh over the year and that is elon musk and his journey in in crypto so i probably should have gone back and checked the exact dates a little bit more but he he's he's had a big year when it comes to crypto. he's just had a big year overall but Uh, he sort of towards the start of the year he was kind of getting in the mix i think it was sort of about it was like episode three of this podcast so it must have been in february that it was uh elon musk was accepting crypto or he sort of he, he kind of came out of left field like the the crypto ecosystem was just sort of ticking along and then he just suddenly came out and said oh we bought a bunch of bitcoin and we're going to be, you know, getting in involved with that, and it caught everybody off guard because crypto had been developing its own little ecosystem of influences and, you know, people who had been in the scene and different investors were slowly coming in and things like that. But Elon was just a bigger fish, especially since he's massive on Twitter and a lot of the crypto, you know, debate. Crypto Twitter is this kind of uh, hub of community discussion. So when he came in, he just completely blocked out the sun of everybody else who was already sort of an influencer in the space and suddenly had an enormous uh following and reach and so he kind of was sort of teasing it at uh dogecoin for a while as being like uh oh, I like dogecoin and there was these theories about he's bought up this huge billions of dollars in in this one central wallet and he's sending these cryptic messages and he sort of never really confirmed or denied that until later on he did say yeah I have some I have some Dogecoin, but he never said if he had like a massive stash or he just had a little bit. And then he kind of, we were watching as he sort of slowly started to figure out the crypto ecosystem a bit himself, because it seems like at the time I said, and I think it sort of held up pretty well that it seemed like he had just got some advice maybe from his engineers or whatever who were big bdc fans and they told him look we should definitely do this and he said yeah yeah sure and he's known for just trusting his team if they if they have a good idea and he can see okay there's something here he'll just say all right great whatever you think you know just run with it but then only if it turns into a disaster he'll kind of dig into the details and and figure it out himself so Tesla had some very strange rollout where they were accepting BTC, but they had some kind of strange policies around refunds and stuff. And they had some very strange shenanigans with their website as well, too, where their FAQ sort of said, we accept Bitcoin. And then it had some explanation about, we don't accept Bitcoin forks, or if you send us Bitcoin cash, you know, it won't get to us. But then that was sort of taken away. They sort of took that off. And there was a lot of uh, sort of back and forth there. And so then it all came to a head kind of a couple of months later where it seemed like it didn't go that well because then Tesla stopped accepting Bitcoin entirely, which caught everybody off guard just as much as beginning to accept it, then suddenly stopping for supposedly environmental concerns, which also seemed pretty ridiculous because he's you know an energy pioneer with batteries and everything. How would he suddenly be surprised that Bitcoin was using energy? That didn't make any sense. And then he was just, kind of uh, drifted off the crypto radar and he's made a bit of a comeback in the last uh, part of, of 2021 and has just recently announced that he's i don't know whether he was joking or if it's totally confirmed but that he's thinking of accepting doge for merchandise not for actual cars but just for merchandise at tesla to to see that happen and he has in the past kind of talked about He's like big block scaling and sort of saying on-chain scaling is the way to go. And he likes that Dogecoin is is doing that. So I predicted uh, back then that BCH would be the next coin he would take plus maybe Doge. And I guess I'm wrong because it seems BCH is still verboten and he's not going to actually say it even as he constantly talks about big block scaling. But maybe Doge is going to sneak in there uh yeah and obviously he also happened to be time person of the year as well too so yeah he's had a lot going on but in retrospect elon's entry into into crypto any any thoughts
0: yeah i've been a huge elon fan for many years i mentioned i own tesla stock i I drive a tesla Uh, i followed elon's career just as an aspiring entrepreneur you know founding paypal and early back in like 2017, around that time, I was following Elon, and he was not a fan of, of crypto. He he said things like, you know, it seems something really convenient for criminals to use and things like that. Some people accused him of being Satoshi, and he, you know, constantly said, like, I'm not really into it. And he would troll on Twitter, Dogecoin, just kind of trolling crypto people, right? <laughs> and then, you know, it feels like, yeah, he did get caught up in the, the bull market getting going and people around him probably influenced him. And then it seems like by the time like he really wrapped his head around it, he'd been pushing Doge and now was in Bitcoin. And then it felt like he was attracted to Bitcoin Cash. He even had some dialogue with Kim.com saying he agreed that, uh, that Bitcoin Cash was superior in fees and in scaling on chains, repeat that several times. So I feel like um, he's kind of uh, backed, in, backed himself into a corner where he wants to be a big blocker. And I feel like if he was around in 2017, he would have been a Casher. And uh, actually, I shouldn't say that because if he was around 2017, uh, his popularity would have allowed the big blockers to hold the BTC ticker. I really believe that. Um, so I think these fundamentals will continue to play out. I think at some point, uh, you know, I wonder. I wonder what would sway him, or what kind of personalities would make it more attractive, or he'll he'll just have to wait until the Bitcoin Cash market continues to grow.
3: glad well, any any
2: thoughts, Elon?
3: Uh, I mean, I don't have like the biggest opinion for it. Uh, but I mean, I do like the fact that a big name like him is is into crypto, but uh, he kind of with his Twitter, I mean, people don't really take him that seriously sometimes. So at this point, he doesn't really have that much influence that he did before. I think he still does. I think if Tesla was to announce like accepting Bitcoin again, or some sort of <laughs> crypto um, that, you know, that would still sway the markets. But I think that his like personal like just tweets like don't really have that much effect on anyone as we can see with him like tweeting recently about the merchandise and it it brought it up a little but it's not going to skyrocket the price of anything anymore so it's really going to be more like uh action that that sways anything and we'll see what happens with what he chooses to accept but i think you would be right to accept bitcoin cash but but add into that
0: um elon was uh he's just been generally talking about free market economics so eloquently and talking about how the state is what's the wording he would use so the, the state is essentially a large corporation in the limit right like he's using a lot of this anarcho cypherpunk uh libertarian type of like, like i i tweeted and i got a lot of likes on it like him and roger Vere are more alike than people would know like that would be an awesome podcast to, to hear yeah. you know people people like that uh speak so i really appreciated uh his you know way of viewing that and even recently People have asked him about what he thinks about the infrastructure bill that's going to put in all these, you know, charging stations for electric cars all around the country. And he said, it's a bad thing, right? Like that's corporatism. Like Tesla went out there and they funded their electric charging network. Why why does a taxpayer have to go out there and, you know, pay for Ford, a billion dollar company and give them chargers everywhere when Elon, you know, used venture capital and things he had to do. So just as a free market personality, you know, now endorsing, you know, free market money is really cool. And, uh, yeah, it sounds like he's a big blocker, but I don't know if there's pressure. I know he's friends with Sailor and Dorsey and people like that uh, to to go out and speak. I don't think Musk is one to one immense words. I think eventually something like that would happen. But uh, I, I like Musk. I think people like him make a living in a world more exciting that we can live amongst the stars one day and you know have a cleaner planet. He's a very aspiring person to me.
1: Oh,
4: yeah. To, um... Yeah, go on. I don't want to just make it, you know, about Elon, but it's interesting to hear you say like, oh, he's this free market personality when the most recent news that I've seen from him is that he's suing detractors in China, right? So I'm curious what your thoughts might be there, if there might be some outside influence, um, because that seems like a very grifting move to me. What What, what is he suing? Uh someone for just criticizing Tesla's business practices in
0: China. Like not, not yeah. like, yeah,
4: <laughs> I'll send you the yeah. link after.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think he's perfect by any means. He has taken subsidies. He has taken loans. Uh, I know th- I, I got a $7,500 tax credit when I, when I bought my Tesla. And uh, I mean, for sure. Is, is he a purist? And, and is he a, someone like a, a, a real free market, anarcho person? Probably not, but at least, someone with that amount of influence is talking about free market principles. By no means do I think he, is the probably perfect, but just someone as influential as him making them criticize uh, their view of the government, I, I think is generally good.
2: Well, that's, yeah, I think that's interesting. And maybe that I didn't really uh, plan this to be in the, in the story, but it's, it seems like it is that maybe that's a, one big thing that's come out of 2021 is more of these crypto ideas starting to get into the get into the vote right and not sort of tangentially to the actual cryptocurrency itself uh obviously jack dorsey uh was tweeting about um uh murray rothbard a, a little while ago and now elon you know yeah has been coming out with this stuff that maybe five years ago he wouldn't have said anything like that maybe he Wasn't thinking it himself, but as crypto has become a force in the world, it's sort of a virtuous uh, feedback loop where it's elevated a lot of people who were into that to positions of prominence to spread around their ideas more prominently and make it seem more acceptable and also more realistic because it's like look they've been saying this the whole time and it's working you know there's nothing as uh convincing as some real actual proof that your ideas are uh succeeding and you know money talks as they say right there has been a lot of money flooding into into crypto so that's done a lot for the cause and then at the same time that's also then drawing in other people who might have been somewhat sympathetic to that or you know they hadn't really thought of things that way or whatever but then they could see these specific examples and suddenly it's you know it's clicking in their mind that oh, okay wow this is actually awesome and then giving them exposure to more of those political ideas and, and and different things kind of as a result so maybe elon is emblematic of that but you know i think we are just seeing that happen sort of around the world uh as a as a greater sort of crypto awakening uh and obviously it comes kind of quite well timed in the context of all the lockdowns and stuff you know that we've that we've had that there is also that questioning of of government narratives going on at the same time too vlad any any final thoughts or we'll move on
3: uh i mean i don't like i said i don't really have like the the biggest opinion of elon but um you know i mean uh generally speaking yeah i mean i just hope hopefully he uh makes the right decisions in in 2022 and, and picks bitcoin <laughs> cash <laughs> yeah well that's it uh we'll, we'll see maybe uh we'll
2: be able to check in on on one time did he start accepting uh bitcoin cash? did he at least say it it's far out I've, it's beyond belief to me that he's been preaching the gospel of big blocks you know to empty air and causing a lot of consternation with the bdc side And yet he still hasn't got just like all he would have to say is, you know, Bitcoin cash is actually kind of killing it. Like (laughs) that that would just just be titanic waves uh, through the, you know, cognitive dissonance. uh.
0: At least he argued with Peter McCormick at least we have that
2: <laughs> yeah yeah well he's at a certain point you know i think he's good obviously the, I, to me it just the proof is in the pudding really he put in bitcoin or he tried to or you know he let someone do it at tesla and it just didn't really work like don't give me all this environmental crap otherwise if it had gone great he would be preaching it from the high heavens look at our and- bitcoin sales and stuff but it hasn't happened
0: I I think he's put himself into a little bit of a securities pressure from pumping Doge so much, like where it's like, he can't almost move or else he's looking at massive lawsuits, right? Like he says, I do pump, but I, but I don't dump. Now, if he just goes out shilling every coin, he turns into John McAfee of 2017 and we know how that ended ended for him. Right. So I think, uh, I think he is calculated in why he's doing what he's doing. And I, I I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised next year if, uh, if he start, if he at least mentioned it, right? Like Mark Cuban recently mentioned about Bitcoin cash adoption in the, uh, in the Caribbean.
2: Yeah. It's, it's getting there. It's definitely uh, making inroads. Right. So let's then check in on. So final little third storyline of the year that I wanted to talk about, which is, uh, kind of a compliment to you know the other two that the elon story is kind of looking outward what was going on in the whole crypto space and we talked yeah. about the masari capital sort of uh story and then smart bch is a specific example in within the bch uh community and it's been a big part of it but uh, the third one is just that bitcoin cash has has had a year of of no drama there was no chain split. There wasn't the devs causing a lot of grief, uh, except for a small uh, wobble with BCH Unlimited saying, oh, we're going to maybe launch a testnet coin. But I think that for from my perspective, the there's just been grassroots growth in content creators uh, like we've talked about. And I think it also just comes to the fact that the community has stopped being so um insecure maybe is a good word for it that probably in the past i I wasn't as involved and part of the reason i wasn't involved because there was too much toxicity too much arguing too much you know what about the past and stuff and not enough looking to the future and just let's it's not really about whether BCH is better or worse than another coin. You know, you can talk until you're blue in the face. You kind of got to prove it. You got to put up results. Look, people are using the network to transact. Look, we do have a vibrant e- ecosystem. Look, people are interested. Look, there is, you know, cool conversations happening, and we are being a thought leader and stuff. And even if the broader market hasn't clued into that this year, I, I can I can see the signs uh, starting to emerge. Uh, of of that and i'm I'm really pleased to see it and i think as long as the developers can keep things you know pretty stable like it doesn't they don't need to be making any crazy moves in terms of on-chain development especially not while the smart bch is kind of uh coming coming good in its own in its own right but there's the may upgrade is planned everyone's on board with that that's great get through that and then maybe you know plan another upgrade for 2023 like the prediction markets v3 stuff is kind of in the pipeline there that sounds perfect to me you know so if i can get kind of word out to the community via this platform that you know i think we just just let's just play that one a little bit on the conservative side and and give the rest of the ecosystem uh a chance to flourish but that that's that's my thoughts on sort of permissionless uh systems because the idea is once you have sort of a stable base then you you give space for those other things to grow and that they can happen they can happen quite fast but it has to just be given a little time to it's like the soup or something you know you've got to simmer it a little while uh in the free market before it before it all comes good so uh, i don't know I'm, I'm interested to hear from you know other other voices in the scene what you, what you guys think about uh, are you very concerned about, you know, protocol development? Do you follow that much? Do you think the community is starting to pull together? Are we going to be in for another round of arguments because someone comes out of left field with drama? Where where are we at on that front?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, Bitcoin Cash, it will, it will always have like the purists, you know, and I, I think despite all the drama, and all that that will that, always hold true. And Bitcoin Cash will always be a very tough, vigilant uh, coin. And uh, with enough development around it, we'll, we'll find our, our spot in global adoption or the thesis of the show is the, the world reserve currency. Uh, yeah, um, it does seem like there's very little infighting. It seems like the community is basically, like if we could have stayed this way the whole way, there, there would have been a, never a split, right? If we could have stayed committed to low fee and adoption, um, like it'll always be, and I wonder, I wonder how this will be uh, you know, thought of in the future. Just like there's always like this hatred towards Bitcoin Cash because it seems like a knockoff of Bitcoin, right? Um, if we will still hold on to the strong Bitcoin branding, or if we'll just be you know brand ourselves differently, like that's always a, a, a criticism. And uh, I've even had lunch with uh, someone prominent in the Bitcoin Cash community who was proposing changing the name to something like BitCash or something like. Um, so it'll be. You know those things could be contentious in the future if conversations like that continue and on how we brand ourselves. Um, but but as long as this always has the purest philosophy, I'll, I'll always be here. That you know what I got into in 2016 is free market uh, currency that is committed to low fee. We can send any amount of money to anyone in the world for a fraction of a penny. Uh, that that's what I'm here for, and it's cool to see development build on top of it. I think Smart BCH is our next big catalyst. Uh, so I don't know, I'm I'm really excited. Those are my thoughts
3: yeah to add, to, add to that yeah just adoption is definitely uh, becoming more prominent smart bch is you know like like hopefully the the predictions that we put out earlier will be what actually happens next year um but we're starting to see more content like like we're saying, like a lot of content creators and we even got a shout out this year from andre jick i don't know if you guys are familiar with him but uh he has almost 2 million subscribers on YouTube so the eyes are getting on bitcoin cash not just from little guys like me with the, like 2500 subs like there is people with a big audience who who are talking about bitcoin cash and a big audience puts a lot of eyes on the coin and hopefully we can see that you know maybe it'll just be a bunch of small guys that continue to talking but that just increase increases the group and hopefully like the youtube um community it grows bigger and bigger with bitcoin cash, more eyes get on it, and I think that next year is going to be a huge year. I think it's going to be huge and it starts off with little things yeah that's true
2: i mean that uh that andre jick uh video yeah i had uh I think it was the episode with uh cheap lightning or maybe it was uh yeah I think so, but I did an episode where where we talked about in detail when he came out with that video and so on that was that was huge you're right, and it that video now has uh over half a million views i'm pretty sure and that just breaks it all down in detail It's catching up people so much on the history and a complete segment of people who are not already in the weeds and invested into all this stuff so they're coming at it with a, a fresh mindset and uh sort of i've been following some of his channel content i was following it actually before he did that but since then i've also been paying attention and he's you know he's kind of picking and choosing a little bit he he just sort of picks his you know, coins that he can kind of win no matter what, because he can make a video about every coin and say, wow, this <laughs> is great. But it was definitely telling that, you know, BCH was one of the first ones. He's now done a bit of a series, you know, he's got a bit more one about uh, Cardano and one about Solana and different um, things like that. But none of them have gotten quite the in-detailed depth and attention that he came gave to BCH, nor has it kind of those coins have all been the more the hype ones that were sort of, jumping up out of nowhere whereas bch you know could have easily just never made it onto a channel like his which is you know going to be very topical and based on you know what what people are recommending uh, that week or that month or you know what is hot on the reddit forums or, or something like that so the fact that he went out of his way to to really dig into that speaks a lot and i i in my mind it's quite linked to the fact that mark cuban Uh, mentioned it as well. And even then Swiss beats as well that we saw too. It's just this idea that anybody who looks into the history of crypto, you, you you kind of can't get the whole story until you, until you, it's like the secret chapter that you need to unlock and read because otherwise it doesn't all make sense. How Bitcoin got to be where it was, why Ethereum is a different coin to begin with, how they all fragmented around where the competition is going, all those things um so yeah i think you know it's just that's as long, as long as that story keeps being being told by the bch community you only need to get a, a critical mass of uh you know bigger external voices going and and suddenly it's on blast everywhere right
3: um, i mean yeah, if, yeah. Oh, sorry yeah no, it's was... some price hype it'll be it'll be amazing yeah go on uh, I was going to say, I, I mean, if he keeps his eyes on it and then he makes a video eventually of like smart stage or something, that'd be enormous. You know, like that would, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also this year, a uh, cold fusion has a couple million subscribers
0: made a, a video just about the, the history of Bitcoin and the block size war. And uh, I noticed before Andre was following other big blockers, I feel him like others, their heart is in Bitcoin cash, but being an influencer and following crowd type movements, like Colin talks crypto, he's a, he's a, he's a big blocker, but um, people are, don't want to wait out the storm until Bitcoin Cash rebuilds their community. So I, I'm cool with being a foot soldier for that. And then as we continue to grow, they can come back in and, we, and they, they're welcome with open arms and uh, we'll, we'll continue building
2: yeah I think that that really is yeah that definitely you know amen to that right because to me it's sort of this story of it's it's like a parabola right where just uh you know Bitcoin just shot out to this huge lead because they they didn't have the chaos they didn't have those following subsequent forks they already you know, ended up with the brand name. They already didn't make any obvious technical uh, updates to the block site. So they weren't trying to figure out how to scale their, their coin. You know, they had it just sort of lightning, which hasn't really gone anywhere for a few years. And now is sort of starting to come together. But of course that whole time BCH has just been plummeting. Yeah. Did you
0: see, did you see that um, the Chivo wallet for El Salvador actually runs on Algorand? Have you read into that deeper? So it's not even BTC lightning. So it's, it's, it's fascinating that even like you look at like someone like Anthony Pompliano, one of the biggest cheerleaders for Bitcoin BTC, like he's like, he's just even said in his own words, like, I believe the network effect is strong enough for us to eventually figure something out. Like, it's not like a real ethos or passion or, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm going to follow the network and we'll we'll figure it out. You know, like I'm going to stay prominent by attaching myself to like the biggest brand and uh yeah that's but uh, did you see that El Salvador is not running BTC Lightning in the Chivo that's they're running an altcoin
2: mm-hmm. yeah I did and we're gonna have to wait and see what uh you know further details definitely definitely remains to be seen about that because you know it was kind of a situation the early reports like there wasn't sort of the follow-up and d and uh you know Mark Valson, he's gonna be I swear he was publishing
0: content about it. I'll need to catch <laughs> so, up with so, him it, so is a shit coin better than uh BTC Lightning <laughs>
2: Yeah, of course, and they've just—they've just snookered themselves yet again. You know who is surprised? I was not when that came up. You know, I didn't blink. I wasn't surprised because it was always obvious that there's some shenanigans going. Every coverage of it that has been on this channel, I've been saying, yeah, but. You know, they've got problems with the political system. They're doing it the wrong way from a top-down approach. They're not really that transparent about, you know, their reserves. They're not, it's clearly not, you know, had problems integrating with different wallets. They even released their own, like, wallet. Like, what what is what is that about? Why wouldn't they just, you know, team up with one of the existing... Uh, wallets just chuck them a bunch of funding and get them to be the official government partner. Well, it turns out they did do that, but they did it with a completely different cryptocurrency <laughs> rather than something in the Bitcoin BTC ecosystem, you know, at just behind the scenes, there's obviously just so many sort of backroom deals going on and so forth. And you really just can't, you know, I'm not surprised at all. And it's just, once again, it's kind of like the fake, the fake uh, facade of, BDC just completely exposed for not being a the real cryptocurrency real peer-to-peer groundswell for commerce you know
4: yeah okay so does anyone here watch uh andrew schultz's podcast uh flagrant too i've never heard of it okay so it's a it's just a comedy podcast um but it's got a fairly large team on it and they were i was watching one last night where they were talking about bitcoin and these people they have money they're wealthy i don't i don't think they're whales in the crypto space but they're they're um like successful comedians and they were talking about they've had um anthony like pompliano on and uh he's given them the rundown on bitcoin and then months later it's interesting to see andrew talk about like he's he's very uh his thesis is bitcoin like btc is absolutely worthless uh and the uh the value of it right now is coming through oh it's worthless and it's one of the most predictable assets to invest in because rather than having to go uh, a company like AT&T has to make a profit for their shareholders to make a profit for that company to to be valuable with BTC you can just look at a risk assessment graph for human beings because humans are predictable and so you know this proportion of people are going to be um, selling at this amount and it's just that cycle repeated over and over so btc might have become uh, a completely worthless uh utility wise uh, asset and it's just this like through and through speculative thing and even people that are pro btc are like yeah that's fine so wait until they discover coins that are actually usable
2: mm-hmm. yeah Will i have you back Ryan? get out there <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jump in. Uh, what 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 were you gonna, about to say before you just cut out there?
0: Yeah, my internet dropped. I'm so sorry. uh I, I was just mentioning something. The fact what the uh, was saying there in terms of just using it and using the Bitcoin cash blockchain and sending and receiving a payment, you already know right there that Bitcoin could have BTC could have increased this block size to two or five or eight. You know, like you, you to me, it's like it's already pretty clear. Um, what was right, but the market is not actually using it, they're just speculating on price, and price tells them everything they need to know. But I was just gonna add to, to uh, Mark Falzon, who actually covered the Algorand. Um I, I had lunch with him, he came to the tournament and he's making I think he's gonna be a big influencer for us moving forward. He's I like the way he's gonna approach it. He's gonna he wants to make it where the conversation is less, you know, confrontational when Bitcoin cash is brought up. It's just a normalized discussion because there's so much still of that, you know, civil war thing. And you can't talk about even even we struggle, right, about just talking about Bitcoin cash because you have to tell the story on on Bitcoin with Bitcoin cash. But eventually in the future, it may not necessarily be that right. We'll be so far apart and have built our, such different communities in terms of core values and, and utility and infrastructure Uh, I think normalizing that discussion is part of our, you know, continued growth.
2: Yeah. I think one of the most interesting, uh, you know, areas to that. And I think, yeah, he definitely does a good job of sort of trying to be like uh, ameliorating everyone, you know, to be sort of in the middle ground and not to be trying to take too much of a side or be too inflammatory or something like that. I mean, I, I wonder how we'll see that play out. I think he's doing a, a great job. I do follow a lot of his, uh content and yeah maybe maybe i'll get him on the show sometime if he would be interested in that but um i think one thing that might kind of come uh around to him in a similar way you know very interesting was kim.com right was that there's videos uh you can look them up i've got them linked on the recommended uh section of bitcoincashpodcast.com uh where kim when he came back came into crypto and he was trying to make a big deal out of uh things he went to the bdc side and he said to them look guys i've been talking to the bch side they're still all hardcore you know crypto anarchy and building real payment systems and you know this is what people want like why you know and it seems like they've got the you know technical stuff to to back it up their blockchains running fine come on can we talk about this and he tried to be reasonable with them you know, for three or four months or, I don't know, a year, however long it took him. But the point was he'd obviously talked to the BCH side and heard a lot of, like, butthurt and anger and everything. And then he went to the BDC side and found that they were also pretty, you know, stuck in their ways. And he thought, okay, I can reconcile these things together. But then he basically relearned the lessons that everybody had already learned already, which was that there was just no getting no getting past it it just turned into like a divorce you know it had just been well we have split you're going your way i'm going my way and just that that's fine we don't need to argue about it anymore and so he you know he did try that and he went on that debate you know with the bdc maxis and ended up getting censored off their channel for sort of uh exposing you know some of the flaws in their argument and so on and so forth and so i think you know mark might end up kind of in a similar position where right now he's sort of like yeah I'm trying to be good with everyone but even he you know has increasingly had sort of chunks taken out of him we've had run in with the moderators at our bitcoin where his content is getting taken down and Peter McCormick saying yeah but El Salvador actually everything's great and he's like no it's not look at all this content i've produced about how it is so you know there's only so many times you can you can run into that same crowd and have a negative experience before eventually you think this is why everybody else doesn't bother to sort of try and play nice with them because, because there's just no point. So if he can maintain that uh, fair and balanced approach, uh, kudos to him. But on the other hand, I sort of feel like the, the water wears away the stone on that one.
0: <laughs> are, are you referring to the conversation he had, he had with tone vase Kimcom when he was sitting down and saying, you know, look, you know, look what they're they're building over here. and And he did want to use lightning for k.im which again this is something we're speculating you know kim.com is a legend because of mega upload and like there's all this thought like wow he controlled four percent of internet traffic like imagine if we could get like a fraction of that and everyone using bitcoin cash like what that would do um so i i recall seeing those And and he is a very good speaker kim like he's very good at controlling people who are losing their cool and like if a bt maxi like goes over the top and like started like in that in that thing in that conversation on clubhouse when he was censored, like the guy was like losing his mind and calling him a scammer and all these things but like he always kept his temperament and that, that's always something that uh uh that that's important sorry my son's over here he's ready hey to yeah go, guest, go miles, guest on hi. the podcast say hi <laughs> miles, miles tell him what's your favorite kind of money
3: the coin cash. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, there you, gotta, you
0: go. You, you, gotta, start him, you gotta start them young. The next
3: generation. <laughs> that's
2: that's where it's at, you know. That's the that's, average we need a
3: commercial with that. Yeah, exactly. Somebody,
2: somebody, clip that out, man. We got we to get
0: that. Imagine that is a viral Twitter. Yeah, dude, I'll, I'll, like, work on, I'll work on something.
2: Get 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 something going with like the, the heated debate:
3: BDC versus BCH. Da, 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 da. Got we got to do like some sponsored ads on Instagram with that. And then
2: just and then just cut in there. What's your favorite Bitcoin? That's the end of the debate. See you later. Uh, the next the generation has already decided.
4: Get a little there QR code for him. Get his, uh, his right. post-secondary paid for already. Yeah, uh, that's
2: it.
0: I, I got a video brewing in my head right now. <laughs>
2: Perfect. I, I've got, yeah, I've definitely, I've got a couple of mates. Uh, by the way, anyone who's listening to this podcast, uh, if you have kids at the moment, I'm just saying, if the one thing crypto needs is time, if you got a kid and you get him a BCH and you just put it in storage, they got fifteen years. They don't need to know about it. And then, yeah, eighteenth birthday. Here's a BCH, except it was bought fifteen years ago. That <laughs> that's like a that's a pretty good. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, you know, that's all or nothing, right? Like, if it doesn't yeah. work out, well, it was a couple hundred bucks. And if it does work out, your kid is going to thank you for the rest of their life. So, <laughs> I'm ju- I'm just saying, kids, kids have a lot of time. So uh, maybe 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 think about that.
0: My nephew was messaging me last night. He's 16 and he's looking for a way to buy crypto. And I, I honestly didn't know what to tell him. I sent him some exchanges that I use and I just sent him like the shareable link from the bitcoin.com wallet. And you can open that wallet. Hey. Typically, with like the stock buyers, you use some kind of custodial services. Uh, is there any, what's the best way to get your? get young people into crypto
2: well it's got to be to earn it no no you're still here so okay. It's got to be, it's got to be earning it. You know, I think if you are, uh, you know, that 16 year old kid or anybody who's younger and wants to get into crypto, where can I get some crypto earn it? You know, that's, that's how, that's how it always works when you're 16 years old, you know, you ask your parents and their friends and your local school and whatever, like, Hey, do you have any odd jobs? You know, you are kind of trying to get your first jobs or like mowing the lawn or like whatever you're doing, right. Just you do that, find those opportunities, and then say, "Hey, but pay me in crypto. I, you know, I don't want fiat currency, and just just make a peer to peer deal right there. Then no like custodial, that. no you know uh, KYC, no needed driver's license, none of that. Let let the adults sort that out because they're already you know plugged into all all those systems. And yeah, just get get paid paid directly. That's the whole point. You know, you still got access to that no matter what age you are. That's the that's the point. The blockchain doesn't discriminate.
4: And this year." I, I, are- the tooth fairy has
0: started uh, paying in Bitcoin cash. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, is the opening clip going to be Miles saying that his favorite kind of money is Bitcoin cash? It is. <laughs> now. You got it. you got it. <laughs> you I, like you I like how you do this. I like how you do this. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Vlad, were you going to jump in there? Uh, no, no. I, I actually had nothing to say there. All right, cool. Well, then let's uh, crack on a bit. Uh to the sort of last uh, few little segments of the of the show, then. So we've got meme of the week. So this one this one takes a bit of uh, explanation. This one's a bit of a deep cut. So meme of the week this this week comes from Anders Bloom. So for those who don't know, which I would assume is most of my audience, uh, Anders is a Danish. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's Danish. I really hope I didn't get that. I'm pretty sure he's Danish. He's a uh, Counter Strike um, Global Offensive Video game commentator, right? So he he works at the events and he sort of commentates on the the esports streams. And he's uh, really into uh, Counter Strike, obviously video games, but he's also really into cryptocurrency and conspiracy theories, and also psychedelic uh, enhancements to the lived experience. So uh, you have to. I, I really enjoy his Twitter feed because he has a lot of tweets that you kind of need to read. With the with the context that there's a decent chance that <laughs> that, that he is, he is uh, high while 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 accessing his Twitter feed, right? So uh, a lot of his stuff, it's hard to tell whether it's a joke or whether he's serious or whether he's high, and that's kind of a fun game you get to play whenever you read his tweets. So this tweet came across my uh, timeline this this week, and it and it made me laugh. So with with that, what I've just said in mind, his tweet was. I've been thinking for a little bit here because this talk of inflation is obviously a big concern and seems to be on the news more and more these days. And it occurred to me that if the value of the currency is decreasing because of inflation, how about we just print more money? (laughs) This was like such a great take because it could be, it could be any of them, right? He could be completely sober. He's a big fan of cryptocurrency. He could be, you know, making a satirical stab at, at cryptocurrency, right? Or perhaps he was had just had a massive dose of mushrooms and he was in the exact state of mind to think, yeah, no, there's no problem. We'll just print more money <laughs> and uh, at the end of the day, it will all work out. And the best thing about that, of course, is that the people who like fiat currencies don't need a heroic dose of mushrooms. And even they think that that's the solution, that you can just print more and get abundance of wealth by just handing out dollars to everyone, uh, willy nilly. So I just thought this was a, a great example of, uh, you know, wrong, wrong headed, uh, thinking on the non crypto side is it's, it's hard to tell, you know, it, it's basically satirical at this, at this point when you see it from a, a crypto point of view.
0: So I, I don't know Andres is, is he a crypto enthusiast at all or no?
2: Yeah. So, so okay. Anders, yeah, he, he loves cryptocurrency. Okay. He's kind of a little <laughs> bit known for that. You know, he tries to sneak it in there. I don't know if he likes Bitcoin cash. Sure. Uh, I've never mm-hmm. heard him mention that. I think he liked ripple for a while and you know, he has his own uh, takes <laughs> on, mm-hmm. on, on the scene and, and what's well, big, but c- because that's stirring around there in his brain and mm-hmm. yeah, he's really, you know, he's really into a lot of like aliens and, and all those kind of things uh as well too so he has some some kind of off the wall takes and this i thought was a perfect middle ground between i'm not sure if he's serious or if he's <laughs> not serious.
0: <laughs> if he's into crypto i would assume he's being a bit of satire but it's interesting that you talk about uh mushrooms uh, i've actually been looking into microdosing not macrodosing psilocybin though uh j- just for whatever reasons well i'm too 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 far down that wormhole but um, but I could see him being, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to follow his work, cause I, I, I fall down those wormholes my,
3: myself, um, I'll, I'll leave you with that <laughs> yeah, down down <laughs> the rabbit hole in that regard <laughs> I, I mean I definitely think he's probably he was on something but I think that, that, that uh that like the thought was there and I mean that's the reason why I, I'm, I'm encrypted like like that there's a serious thought behind the joke too to think about it. and it's like that's the reason why we're in cryptocurrency is because we're in the situation to where that it's a cold hearted truth there. Like that's what we're doing nowadays. We're just printing out money. Like, like it's nothing like, Oh, we're, we're how can we solve this solution? I'll just print out more money. Like it, it's not how it works. And that's why crypto's the the solid replacement for it. And, uh, and that's why a lot of us are in this game. And uh, I mean, at least the pure hearted ones. So, and I believe that's a lot, a big majority of the Bitcoin cash community uh, holds those values and t- t- to turn a joke into something serious. That's what, uh you know that's why i feel like on that yeah no that's that's exactly the point
2: right It's you know that that was another reason i thought to highlight because it does it doesn't really matter whether he's he's joking or not the point is the message is getting out there you know this is more and more on people's minds uh i was talking to somebody yeah last night who was talking about oh wow the price of everything is just going up and it's crazy and you know uh reality is just Undeniable, right more and more and more people are starting to look look for these answers and if they you know if you dig a couple layers deep and you're still it's still confusing you're still not getting the right answers, eventually it's kind of like, wait this is what everybody's been talking about. This is what all this stuff is uh is kind of about you know I think yeah, cryptocurrency, like I said its greatest ally is just time like all it has to do is just stay in the race, and as fiat kind of spirals further and further out of out of control eventually you know everybody starts to wonder like what is going on here and then then that's it once you've uh once you're down the rabbit hole there's there's kind of no coming back all right so community comment of the week comes from Elon <laughs> Musk this was a <laughs> bit great. of a bit of a joke uh on my part because yeah I don't know <laughs> whether you know Maybe in spirit, he's part of the Bitcoin cash community, <laughs> being a fan of uh, Bitcoin and uh, large blocks. But this week, he had a bit of a, a tiff on uh, Twitter with Elizabeth Warren, the United States uh, Senator, who tweeted sort of impromptu of nothing, like uh, or what's called apropos of nothing. I don't think he was really... Maybe they've had some back and forth or, or whatever. I I don't know. But it seemed like she fired the first shot here. Uh, and she tweeted let's change the rigged tax code so person of the year the person of the year will actually pay taxes and stop freeloading off everyone else So with a link to this uh, article, Elon Musk named Times Person of the Year. And I guess he was in a sort of scenario where he was probably feeling pretty good about being Times Person of the Year and probably having a pretty good day. (laughs) And then now he's got Elizabeth Warren, uh, you know, giving him grief on Twitter. So he sort of fired back with this salvo of, uh, and if you opened your eyes for two seconds, you would realize I'll pay more taxes than any American in history this year don't spend it all at once oh wait you already did and to (laughs) me that was just like that was just how much more destroyed can you get really like it just goes to show the divide between the sort of narrative from the the main political sphere or, or whatever of like uh elon musk he just needs to pay some more taxes and that'll just take us out of a hole you can look up the stats it's like a very simple matter of mathematics that you know you could take elon musk's entire money you could take every cent he has and it would it would be like not even a drop in the bucket in terms of the u.s debt or you know their overspending or all those things so sort of demonizing him when he's out there trying to actually you know make life multi and you know he earned all his money i mean i'm sure you know there's a lot of caveats and ifs and buts you can put in there you know too but the fact of the matter is he didn't tax it off someone else and like he immediately just goes you know if he's paying more taxes than anybody else ever has it's pretty ridiculous to be saying he's freeloading and needs to pay you know his taxes it's just absolutely uh ludicrous but yeah ryan this is uh probably
0: <laughs> i imagine you enjoyed this uh tweet yeah it's it's you know she's really running a political campaign off it and encouraging people to donate like this guy freeloading off of the government right this guy that's you know created you know all these different companies and all this wealth for shareholders and all these jobs for people to have is free now freeloading right when when she lives off the taxpayer it, it's it's an interesting contrast, so I'm hoping she's messing with someone that uh is that most people would be like, Why are we picking a fight with this guy like right like like go after like the guy that's polluting someone or like they' the, 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 the like this is the wrong capitalist to say this is what we, we need to take this one down right so hopefully uh, that sheds light into you know getting rid of these kind of people in a, in a you know in terms of i don't know whatever way the u s government's going in terms of which way they'll lean and how much, how many personal freedoms and how much of your wealth you'll be allowed to keep and you know, how much inflation people will deal with. And just to touch on the inflation you talked about, we see it every day in our lives right now. And a lot of that is to do with the supply chain crisis. But I wonder when all the dust settles, like you know, how much real inflation that's not like long-term is going to be here to stay because that, that'll be quite staggering. So uh, I loved it. I, I thought it was great. And um, I, I really hope um, around election time, she, uh, she pays the price. Mm-hmm. Vlad she, she, that, that's in, that's up in your way, <laughs> Vlad. Right? You, you, you deal with. You're in Massachusetts, right? How popular is
3: uh, Senator Karen? Uh, uh, we we as a business owner, uh, very 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 popular. <laughs> um, obviously very sarcastic, but um, I I want to like keep my political opinion on Elizabeth Warren just private. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna keep that. But it's definitely fun to just watch this exchange right now. It's something something. This is this exchange is just something entertaining while crypto's down. You know, it's something funny to watch, but um it's just i mean if you have if you have just like two cents in your head like like how how does that make sense you know he's paying more taxes than than so many many people so many companies like and she she wants more she wants more and they always want more than uh than they always want to bite off more than they can chew so uh you know it, it's just it's just funny to sit around and to watch to watch the exchange right now and um you know obviously uh Big Elon fan, and uh, and and uh, just, I like to, I like to see that exchange. I don't know. Yeah, it's funny because yeah, it's just sort of like, and
2: then I think Elon he did go on. There was a few other sort of follow up tweets, and you know, et cetera. He was obviously trying to rile her up a bit more, but. I, I, you know, so I think maybe he might have ended up taking it a bit too far. But on the other hand, it's kind of like, look, I, he gets, you know, he's busy trying to deliver a business and do all this stuff, and then I'm sure he just gets home from a day at work, he just loads up Twitter. And now he's getting flak here too, as well, too. You know, I think a lot of the time maybe he just lets that stuff go. But every once in a while, you know, it's just the straw that breaks the camel's back. You just heard too many complaints that one day from somebody else needs something from you, and everyone can relate to that, right? You don't need to be. Elon Musk to have a day where you know you just had a crap day at work and then you get home and suddenly some other thing is coming up and you just think all right that's enough <laughs> it's time to just <laughs> to just fire fire back a little bit like
0: uh yeah it, i don't know if she like people don't realize like after elon created zip2 he could have just like went home right then he went and created paypal and he then he could have like bought a chain of islands and just sat there right but then he you know, created, you know, reasonable rockets and, you know, affordable electric cars that people actually want to drive. Right. Like, like why, like, why, why do you want to throw like this? Like he doesn't have to do any of this, right? Like he already has so much money, but now you want to just throw sand at him. I I don't understand uh, the, the motivation from like a human standpoint. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Because people like Elon move faster than they can regulate. That's true.
2: That's a great point that's true he just is there is their worst enemy just one step ahead and you can't you can't go out yeah sort of trying to troll him to the public because everybody's just like i mean obviously some people agree with that and think okay evil billionaires need to pay more money but obviously a good chunk of the population is always just going to be like look he's putting up results like what (laughs) how can you be why are you hating on him as if there's not better things for you to be spending your time on than one of the most productive people in society like give me me a break
4: wasn't warren also the person that was just like memed like mad when they paraphrased like with defy there'll be nothing left to regulate
2: (laughs) yeah Yeah, uh, there's there's always a few good ones
0: she's been one to attack crypto too like anything that like you were saying that she can't regulate and she doesn't feel like as a politician she could put her thumb on it seems like she she wants to attack from the people that are just out here you know trying to live their lives and do whatever they want to do it seems like she takes an issue with
2: yeah it's ridiculous all right well then let's move into yeah second last uh kind of slide here is message to the community every week and i guess this is sort of the the sign off for the year a bit of a, a cap at how it is in this one. I've also added a little bit of a extra prompt there that maybe you could sort of theme your answer around, which is if you're going to sum it up, you know, 2021 was the year of what Uh obviously maybe not just like BCH, but I don't know something specific or maybe in the crypto scene or maybe just in the world in general and what 2022 will be the year of. So I don't know, Vlad, you're looking looking ready for this one. Uh, Your first
3: up message to the community. What does the BCH community need to hear? Yeah, so I think 2021 was the year of recognition as the year that everyone kind of really got to dive into what cryptocurrency is, what it can do for the community, how it can help people, how you can pull away from the centralized uh, banking system and from fiat. And then we go into 2022, which is the year of revelation. And it's the year that people start to, Five to ten x <laughs> smart bch <laughs> uh, or just in general start utilizing cryptocurrency more and, and on a serious note to actually start like implementing it more into businesses into day to day transactions, or just in general just start to like, you know, start investing more heavy into it. I think that people are starting to become more confident with it. People are earning more trust in it. You look back in 2017, when people were talking about Bitcoin, the only thing they were saying was people are like transporting co- or like able to like transact cocaine free on the internet or something like that. That was the word, at least when I was in 2017, that was the way that people were talking about Bitcoin. And now we're talking in in 2021 and we're talking about an actual like alternative to fiat currency. That's where we're at right now. What we're talking about, and then who knows what's going to be in 2022, let alone 2025. So, that's my take on it. Yeah, great, great, yeah, great, <laughs> great words for it. Recognition and revelation. That,
2: that's some heavy hitters, Ryan. You're up <laughs> next. Message to the community.
0: Yeah, I would say 2021 was a, a year of recalibrating, and uh, I say 2022 is a year of, uh, of attacking. Right. So, I think like we we re- recalibrated our, our network. We've increased our transactions. We built. Uh, things like smart BCH on top of it. And 2022 is that year when we attack and garner more market share. And uh, even though I do expect a volatile market, you know, Bitcoin cash is one of those coins like that. I will, uh, you know, I don't mind bearing, you know, I don't know if we go to, uh, and Jeremy, I maybe want to pose you this question because is your, uh, seem like a very strong hodler. If Bitcoin cash went to 5,000 in six months, you you wouldn't look to take a little off the table.
2: Uh, no but i'd I'd probably um well i mean i might be interested actually in sort of those any hedge solutions that they're starting to come out with where you can sort of lock. if i felt like we were definitely at the peak of some parabolic you know rally but i wouldn't probably be interested in selling it or anything more just like oh can i uh yeah if i could use one of those uh any hedge contracts and just lock it at a stable value for two weeks and just wait for the hype to die off or something maybe maybe i would be interested in that i don't know for me it's just that i've been in crypto so long and i've tried trading i just i'm (laughs) sure some people it works but for me i just suck at it i you got to know what you're not good at basically right and every time i tried i end up with less crypto than i started (laughs) with so you know i've just learned that lesson so many times that uh now i just don't bother and i just sort of put my energy on accumulating more just earn more earn more money you know really like instead of trying to time the market you know as much as i feel like i understand cryptocurrency that's something i'll probably never understand is the you know the exact ways that it move and every time you think it can't go lower it goes lower and every time you think it can't go higher it goes higher and every time you know you think it's for sure fine for a week it isn't like
0: that's just that's just how it goes really so yeah, I, think I understand definitely. that. So that, thats my answer. I would say 2021 was recalibrate. 2022 is an attacking year, and uh, no, I, I definitely get where you're coming from there. Um, but I, but I, I we'll see if me and Vlad are right that we get a blow off top in 2022, and if not, we'll just. Uh, you, you do buy into the thesis though of the having cycle, right? Like you, like the market clearly seems to follow that that trend. So I, I would say like I have no no problem just accumulating for the next. You know three, four years before I try to do this again, and uh we'll yeah. see what my what my wealth looks like then.
2: Yeah. With the CBBI, you know, I did, when I did a full breakdown of all that, I mean, I think, yeah, largely he's sort of backwards rationalizing a lot of them, you know, it's just selection sure. bias. There's a hundred statistics and the 10 that have worked he's picked those. And I mean, he's even then started taking some out and putting that. new ones in, <laughs> you know, I sort of criticized him for that, but I did say, you know, of those original metrics uh, I, I like the Google search indicator to me, that's a huge indicator that that one really uh, matters. Cause if, people are hype uh, that that shows up and i do like the halving as well too I, I do think that and i do think there is a there is a cycle i just think that this cycle has has kind of mostly run its course uh basically because it hasn't been followed up by the the real adoption and the real consume i think consumers drive so much of the sentiment uh basically jet do you have a message to the community 2021 the bch community
4: uh, I do, but it's like, it's not, it's not great. I feel like the past couple messages I've had have been like kind of uh negative, but Oh,
2: that's fine. I'll finish it off with a positive one. So okay. unload.
4: So I think, uh, the past couple of years, but I think I can say that 2021 was like, Oh, it was, uh, I want to use extreme words. Like I want to say like, it was like the second death of Satoshi. And what I mean by that is, it has become harder for me this year to live off of bitcoin cash, um and we have seen a incredible rise in speculation I mean look at the twenty two coins ahead of bitcoin cash right now, like um, so yeah i'm kind of but at the same time i've almost like mentally come to terms with that too, where i don't fit the speculators' market i'm using this as uh, peer-to-peer cash. And to kind of speak on Ryan's point, there's absolutely nothing uh, price-wise that would get me to sell for Canadian dollars. I would look for buying services and products, but there is a- I do not ever want to step foot back into Canadian dollars once I have Bitcoin cash. And that's also a taxable transaction, which part of the reason why I'm in cryptocurrency at all is to starve the state. So I'm not giving them that opportunity. Um, and I think... Because we have such an increase in retail speculators, we might start to see people that are looking for ways to use that without going back into fiat money and paying taxes on those things, uh, just for like selfish reasons. And that might lead to 2022 being a year of utility. Um, and that, that'll that be exciting for me. But I've been saying this to Jeremy for a while. Like I, I want people to use money, even if it's speculative, because it'll funnel them down to usable coins
2: yeah all right well yeah my uh final message for the year is is sort of uh on a on a similar note you know i think to uh 2021 for me it was a it was a year of rebuilding you know the community was quite stressed after the hard fork you know bch has had obviously a tough time not in terms of its fiat price going down because as we saw it's uh, basically flat but in terms of other coins kind of uh moving past it but i i don't see that as a big a big problem i would only be worried about that if i was not seeing real growth in 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 the community and i think in the mind share of the world crypto is currently skyrocketing and um as it gets you know more and more used at the end of the day you can't fight with reality right so as much as everyone wants to say ethereum is sick you know but somebody is paying those hundreds of dollars of fees and if you're that person you're not feeling great about it really unless you're already a crypto billionaire and if you are then you probably don't uh you know represent the rest of the market so it's kind of irrelevant so in that sense yeah i think uh for the bch community specifically it was a a year of regrowth and i really like uh vlad's point about uh, recognition i think that's that's definitely that's definitely true for 2022 i kind of feel it might be a bit early i, I think um like joel that we had last week and, and like jet was saying they're sort of looking for a renaissance in in payment coins and i think that will happen um But so I'm instead going to say, I think 2022 will be the year of independence. I think the BCH community is going to start focusing on itself. It's going to start cooperating with itself that ultimately money is just a tool to facilitate cooperation between people. And I think we're starting to wise up to the point of, wait, why are we all fighting our one little individual battle against, you know, the Leviathan against the state or against people in our local area who don't get it? we don't need to instead we should just link or just do stuff like this you know just bring together people who are already on on the same page and thanks to the magic of the internet we don't need to be geographically concentrated i mean that's that's nice but it doesn't matter you know 100 people is 100 people whether you get them transacting online or you get them you know transacting in in one physical place so i think really just opening those those community communication channels and and giving people more opportunities um to to connect with other people who are already thinking the way they are we do we don't need to necessarily be trying to expand out to new people we just need to create more links among the people that we that we already have and the result of that will be a you know a very productive thriving economy and that will naturally draw draw more people into it so i think that's the way it is and i think the bch community is has got over a lot of that sort of insecurity and being in bdc's shadow and 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 stuff like that and it started to produce its own content like this this podcast is one example but uh both vlad and ryan do that and there's uh, there's plenty of other channels out there like that too and the more and more that the bch is just is striding off in its own direction the more and more that it's going to be that other coins in the market are going to see that happening and and the conversation just will have moved past them, particularly the BDC crowd who've, who've lost control of everything. So I think, yeah, we just need to focus on ourselves and just do a killer job and just ignore the competition because we're, we're going to just make them irrelevant by just outperforming them. That's the free market. The the pressure and the burden is on us, but it's on everyone. But I'm, I'm very confident that the people who like BCH and who see the mission and the idea are are, you know are passionate about that and they're they're not going anywhere and we're gonna we're gonna work harder and smarter than anyone i i'm going i'm gonna do my bit anyway so uh yeah i think that's 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 where the community's headed i look forward to looking back to it in uh in a year's time all right so final message then is just the bch community had this little uh uh campaign called bring your bch home which was to essentially just encourage everyone to to take their coins off centralized exchanges. If they had it, it was kind of spurred by these theories about BCH being uh, shorted on the markets and stuff. And, you know, I mean, maybe there's some effectiveness to that. Uh, certainly it's better than, than doing nothing, but just everybody for 2021, you're going to have some Christmas holidays or some free time or whatever. Just, just take that half an hour or that hour to just sort out, make sure you've got your backups of your private keys Make sure your security is on point. Take your coins off exchanges. And uh that's where they're that's where they're supposed to be in your in your wallet. So uh yeah, I want to do my bit to add to the community sentiment that has kind of arisen around this December 30. Take all your coins off off exchanges by then. Right. So that will pretty much do it for the show then. Um that's it for 2021. Like I said, um, you know 35 episodes it's been it's been pretty cool and uh you know we'll be definitely back next year with a like a fresh season the the 2022 edition of the uh the bitcoin cash podcast i've already got a couple of small tweaks and things that i'm i'm working on for that so everyone can look 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 out for that but uh i'll give i'll give all the all the guests the time to you know make some um Shout outs, but as usual, you can check out the podcast at www.bitcoincashpodcast.com. Um, I want to shout out to refreshtimer.cash. That is uh, a project. It looks kind of like Satoshi Pyramid-like, actually. It got mentioned in the chat. A Satoshi
4: so stack, which doesn't exist anymore, but I can tell you about that. <laughs> okay
2: well that's kind of kicking off uh i haven't looked into that but uh so approach at your own risk but people can check that out refresh timer dot cash if they're interested thank you to all the donators uh to the show obviously um yeah and my my shout out goes you know goes to the community of everyone who listens to this show because i started the year with zero uh youtube subscribers and zero twitter followers and zero noise dot cash subscribers and that's now you know like in the in the hundreds nearly up uh getting into like a thousand uh in some cases so that's that's just absolutely amazing and uh thank you thank you all for your support and interest right uh vlad where can people uh find you and do you have any uh special shout out you want to give
3: um, yeah. So you can find me on YouTube, literally just my name, Vlad Ivanov, V-L-A-D-I-V-A-N-O-V. Uh, just type in B-C-H or Bitcoin Cash afterwards and you'll find me. Otherwise, you might find like a an actor from Europe. <laughs> um, other than that, you can find me on Twitter, the Vlad Ivanov, same handle on noise.cash and uh i just want to also throw out the bitcoin if you type in on twitter bitcoin cash out i will still be pushing to make this game a legitimate thing i do see a future with it where like it could be like a weekly game or like even just like a monthly thing where like you just accumulate the profits at the end of the month to raffle them off that might be more easier for for people instead of putting in every single week um bitcoin cash out that's the twitter handle and and i'm going to try to push for that maybe even give it a dot cash website um so yeah, uh, you can contribute to that as well. There's a QR code on the um, on the uh, actual profile picture of the Twitter, so you can contribute to the project. But um, I do plan on pushing that forward going into the next year to increase transactions on the chain. Yeah, we'll definitely put uh, put links
2: to that in the description and and get people to that. Ryan.
0: Yeah, I, I first want to say, Jeremy and Jet, thank you so much for having us today, and you know. Just having the podcast in general, I think it's so um, important and you guys do such a good job on just bringing you know, great quality content to the community. Like, I think it really gives uh, the Bitcoin Cash community a nice little hub of like really solid groundwork. You know? um, so shout out to you guys. I, I really appreciate all the work you do and, and having me on for the second time now. If you guys want to follow uh, my content, if you're not already, uh, you can just search my name on YouTube, Ryan Giffen. There's no R there, G-I-F-F-I-N. It's a uh, Scottish, not Irish. And uh, you can also follow me on Instagram, giffen 89 also noise.cash, Ryan giffen 2 And just uh, follow along and, you know, I'll, I'll be looking to, if you guys really would like to, I'm trying to, in the next, you know, actually a few weeks here, I'll have planned out my second annual Bitcoin Cash event and uh, any kind of feedback to help me grow adoption in my area. You know, we're all in our different pockets of, of this planet, right? That we can help bring adoption to. Uh, please, feel fair, you know, please feel free to share with me on how we can continue to grow our our movement and uh, the belief in what we're doing. So thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Chat, last one.
4: Oh, oh. So my shout out would actually be for the entire Bitcoin Cash community. Um, I I do specifically have to shout out uh, Roger and Mark Demassel and uh, Omar, if you're still in the chat. Uh, Without you guys, I wouldn't have gone to school to be a developer. Uh, I wouldn't have ended up like... I don't think I would have ended up being the producer for this podcast or working in the space as much as I have in the past, uh, six months ish. So yeah, I'm, I'm like extremely grateful for that. Um, and yeah, I guess, Jeremy, you get the, you get the final shout out for me because I think you've, uh, kind of tied me down to things a little bit better because I sit in some of the more insular, uh, chat groups that get like bitter pretty quickly. <laughs> so having positive guests on and seeing the groundwork that gets done has been uh, very beneficial for me. Thank you, Omar. I see you in the chat.
2: All right, cool. Well, uh, that will do it for the year. So to all the listeners, Merry Christmas, happy new year. Um, stay safe, uh, take it, take it easy, you know, rest up a little bit. Everybody needs to, uh, rest and, and recharge and, uh, we'll, we'll see you in 2022. 20, Till next time.
1: Smart I mean, that's what Bitcoin's all about, isn't it? Taking control back from third parties who want to make decisions for you. Like when you can spend your money, or who you can send it to. This holiday season, remember why we're here. Not to make oodles of cash or buy Lamborghinis. We're here to free the world. In your arms, you'll find me.
0: a good idea to pack up those skis